0: Um, I would like to refer to something that I had written five years ago, a couple of lines. uh, On the question of criticism, I had explored four or five alternative tasks that the critic can undertake and had said finally that the essential duty of the modern critic is, I believe, the frank articulation of his own response. How does the picture function as an active agent in his own emotional and intellectual life? And then I went on, now suppose he tells you, the next question is, who cares? And um, a few days after this was published, I met a couple of friends, artists actually, who were delighted with those two words, said the most useful words they have ever seen in any art criticism, because that's really it, who cares? Nobody cares uh, what the critics think. Well, I didn't think they had quite got my point because they had stopped reading. The next sentence said, It is indeed a very fruitful question and deserves more space than I have left this month. And um, I never went back to the problem. Um, This is four or five years ago. But the answer, also a two-word answer, I had ready up my sleeve and I would still... Use it now, I still believe in it. The answer to the question who cares, surprisingly enough, in my opinion, is nearly everybody.
1: Okay, out there in Marveland, face front, this is Stan Lee speaking.
0: Made you with this jockey lady. Well, well, jolly Jack Kirby. By the way, Jack, the
1: readers have been complaining about Sue's hairdo again.
0: What am I supposed to do? Be a hairdresser? Next time I'll draw a bald
1: Hello and welcome to the 8th episode of the Bullpen Bulletin's podcast. A celebration of all things Marvel. I'm Vince B. I'm David Price. And we have a packed house tonight. Uh, returning with us, Mr. Pat Loika. Hey. And, if that wasn't enough, Miguel Rodriguez is here with us. Morning. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> Hello,
2: Pat. Hello, Miguel.
1: Hey, guys. Yeah, this is this is going to be a recurring thing. I think we 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 have so much fun when we have um, listeners on with us. We just I, I I I just love it. So that was pretty uninteresting. So I'll start again. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> uh, Oh. Yeah, we just have a lot of fun. And so we're opening up the show to all of the listeners. If you like what you hear and you want to be a part of the show, send us a PM on our forum at com, and let us know you want to be on. And lickety-split, you'll be on the next episode. That We're that easy. is <laughs> easy. I'm very easy. Tonight's episode is the first of our Marvel Current Events investigations. We're going to take a bunch of um, breaking and not-so-breaking but important Marvel news stories and discuss them and chew the fat and see what's up with them and get a bunch of different opinions on them and just have a good time.
2: That sounds like fun.
1: Yep. Yeah. And today is November 1st and just so happens to be a Wednesday. New Comic Day but it's also the day that my DCBS order arrived. And before we get into the thick of things, I would just like to comment on Ultimate Spider-Man 101 for a couple minutes. Now, I'm I really not concerned with the actual Bendis Bagley story per se, but I don't know whose bright idea it was to jam the Ultimate Power ad right in the middle of the story. But for anybody who's read this title, um, Bagley has a tendency to pull the narrative across two pages, where he'll start a panel on the left and continue it through the gutter onto the right, and by jamming an ad, a very horrible-looking ad, r- right in the middle of this book, it, it, it not only disrupts the flow of the book, that's, that's a given, but you have to flip the ad just to see what... It's on the other side of the panel. It's it's amazingly distracting. Did, Pat, did you notice that?
3: It's been going on for a while now, too. Actually, it's not. <coughs> it's not just with the uh, Ultimate Power ad. They did. They did the same thing with the X Men First Class ads, like from a couple weeks back.
2: with an Ultimate Power, yeah, there was the X Men First Class ad.
1: But did, did any of those chop up a, a yes, double? Because, oh, yeah. Because even though it was, you
2: know, it, it's a Greg Land it, drawn story, it's it's uh, it's drawn. It's, it's a, well, well it's... Re- rendered. It, there's, there, there is it's, it's Reed Richards looking into looking into a portal, and and uh, there's there's a panel going along both pages up top, and then there are little panels underneath that. But I thought I thought it was a one pager. I thought everything was fine, and I'm like looking at this bottom panel in the middle, and I'm like, okay, well I don't know what the hell the deal is with that. And when I finally got through the four page X Men First Class insert, I realized that
1: it was just one double page spread instead of two pages. Right. And, and the thing I think that gets me the most is I'm forced to look at this now, which I guess, I guess is what an ad is supposed to do. It it forces you to look at it, but it's, it's cruel and unusual, unusual punishment. I I don't want to look at it, especially when I got beautiful Bagley art on the left and I got to move this stuff to get to more gorgeous Bagley art on the right. It's, it's, I don't know I wouldn't have done it I, and I understand why they did it because it's in the middle of the book not not cool not at all I, th-
3: uh, I think uh, I remember in uh, Brian Bendis' form he actually uh, told people you guys are welcome to tear that head out of that book
1: oh, cool <laughs> you can use that to, to heat your home this winter <laughs> <laughs>
3: there's no such thing as heat over here in San Diego so oh that yeah, yeah. yeah I'll stand it your way <laughs>
1: That's true, but that—that's just an observation. You know, that's the danger of getting your books mail order. That these things don't come to light until everybody else has basically seen them. So I thought I was being a little cutting edge with this, but obviously not. I'm a uh, little—I'm catching up the rear here, so it's okay. Just to get back to Ultimate Spider-Man, holy mackerel! I know. How
3: how how are they going to finish that? <laughs> I
1: I don't know. There are developments in this book that I, I I can't see how they can be resolved. I really don't. But I'm sure Bendis has it planned out. Very yeah. cool. Very cool stuff.
2: Do we know if 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 issue one hundred and ten? I'm sure it's still too early. But this one hundred and ten end the story arc, like with Bagley's last issue, will like that finish up any sort of plot lines, or do we know if if one hundred and
3: eleven? I'm pretty sure they're finishing up whatever story they're working on. I mean, this is a 102 ends uh, the clone story, and after that, it's like 103 to 110. I'm guessing that's one long, either one long story or a couple of short ones. Right. Um, I, uh, Bendis used to do a little list that he would post in his forum or in his website where he would uh, he would kind of detail what you know the upcoming arcs are by issue number. However, he hasn't done that because of the Clone Saga. He says, it, the, revealing what the next arc would be will kind of ruin how the Clone Saga ends. So he's being very tight-lipped about that. Okay.
1: Anybody else have anything pressing they'd like to discuss before we start mixing it up here? You know what I wanted to comment on, and damn it if I can't remember where I saw it, but there was a Civil War-related issue... Oh, that's what I wanted to talk about. New Avengers... Twenty-four, The Sentry issue? uh uh-huh. There's a image in here uh-huh. with the Sentry and the, the text, you know, he's talking to himself and he said, what kind of hero are you, Bob? You should go back there and use your power to, you know, help out. You can stop the war. And behind him is the Hulk ripping the vision apart.
3: Oh, yeah. The f- oh. I need to look at that again. Is, is it really the vision or...
1: Um, yeah.
3: I remember the panel you were talking about. I just don't remember if that was really the vision.
1: But here, my my question is, mm-hmm. what the hell is the Hulk doing there?
3: Well, remember the Hulk used to be the Sentry sidekick? Yeah. Back in back, you know, when they when they did those uh when they did that mini-series or something. Oh, is that the first mini? Is this is this a glimpse of the future right here or something? That's what, that's I, it, it is a vision.
1: Right. That's he what I'm talking. thinking. Because the the dialogue is related to civil war. It's not. Remember the old days. It's more yeah. along the lines of you, you can stop this war before it happens, and the Hulk is there. Mm-hmm. So and he, maybe he's thinking of
2: of of the war that the Hulk's gonna bring. I don't. Well,
1: he, know. Do,
3: he doesn't. I don't know. He doesn't. He, he can't look into the future, but I don't know. And you maybe got. Maybe this is something he wishes he could do.
1: I don't know. You got Spider-Man all maimed and. Possibly dead and and tony 's not looking too good, and the captain America shield's all bent to hell, and the sentries there flying around, and vision just became uh twins maybe he's <laughs>
2: maybe maybe he's thinking what the the worst case scenario the worst outcome for the war right if
3: he does if he doesn 't stop it
1: but why would the Hulk be in his mind? Maybe, maybe well,
3: the Hulk the Hulk was his old sidekick and you know he it, he the Hulk's like you know, the the kinda childish mindless Hulk remembers the sentry as his you know as his friend. So it's possible that maybe, you know, the he's thinking if he was to get in there the Hulk would be by his side. I that's the only thing I could guess.
1: Right. So the sentry has no idea what the Illuminati did to the Hulk.
3: Nope, but uh he might find out soon. <laughs>
1: Pascal Ferry draws a cool lockjaw.
3: Yes. <laughs> he I, really there's, I don't think he could draw anything bad, really.
1: I agree with you. I, his crystal's gorgeous. Yeah, I'd hit that.
3: Yeah, what oh, was well, that shock. stuff? <laughs> um, well, has everyone here read that issue or? No. No. Okay. I don't want. I don't want to get into detail. No, I don't know when I'll get to read it though. So go go into detail if you want. What about that thing they revealed about Crystal and the Sentry?
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. That they were lovers at one point. And what? she didn't remember it, but he did.
2: So she, then, just uh, because she sure he remembered it, it do, do we know that it's legit then? Because isn't Sentry a little nuts? Right.
1: When he told her, she didn't back away, and she kind of... You know, she sucked face with him for a little while until... uh. Who walked in on them? Uh, Tony. Mr. Stark. Uh, the most inappropriate time to come <coughs> in. Sentry could have got a piece and maybe he wouldn't be so wacky.
2: <laughs> I, I, I always <laughs> think of Tony Stark as a cop. Well,
1: but uh, uh, just a beautifully illustrated issue. Every page is just fantastic. Oh, yes. And there must be some really tight communication between Fairy and the colorist. Because a lot of these panels, the color just... Just carries it.
3: He always has the same colorist. Uh, it's uh, Dave McKeague, I believe. Ever since he was, he, ever, ever since he did uh, Adam Strange for you know, for those other guys, okay. he, yeah. uh, they've always worked
1: together. This guy's name is Dean White.
3: Oh, it's Dean White. Okay, yeah. that's someone
1: new. And he looks like, I mean, it doesn't look unlike Pascal Ferry's work. So maybe that's a, a typo or. Mm-hmm. Or
3: maybe they're from the same studio
1: And again right in the middle of this Damn thing is that Freaking ultimate power ad But it doesn't split A double page up It just doesn't hurt the flow of the book Too much Yeah. Yeah New Avengers 24 Awesome issue I thought it was great
3: I loved it I can't wait to see number 25 Yeah it's the uh, Iron Man issue.
1: Right, and that's where oh, I, that's right. I hope they start really laying it out as far as Tony goes. Well, let's get into this now. Okay. First, first up, we're going to talk about the Marvel original art policy that was released in Rich Johnston's Lying in the Gutters, uh, Volume 2, Number 75. As is uh, typical of Mr. Johnston, he got his hands on a memo, would you call it an uh, inter I would yeah it's a memo a, a memo that was distributed to Marvel freelancers by David Bogart and it starts off there's been some confusion regarding the use of copyrighted materials in work submitted to Marvel please note that Marvel pays for original artwork and your work made for hire contract requires you to represent that everything you're doing for Marvel is original it is appropriate to use photographs or other copyrighted works for inspiration, for example, if you need to use what the architecture of New Orleans looks like. However, what you cannot do is copy or take so many elements from a protected work that you effectively copy it. So what what this is saying is, you know, don't swipe. Let's, let's be original here, don't use any work that's been reproduced somewhere else, which is not only limited to the work itself, but a drawing of the work itself. For instance, if you find a very attractive pose on the front of Sports Illustrated, please don't use that as the cover for Sojourn, which Marvel doesn't publish, but you get the idea. Um, And the Sears catalog is not, you know, a photo shoot. That's Sears property. Don't take these images and... Manipulate them in a way that someone who has seen the Sears catalog will immediately identify that image as being from that catalog. And this, effect, this doesn't really affect a lot of people under the Marvel umbrella, but it does affect a few. And Joe Q responded to this over at Newsarama in a way I pretty much felt he would. He basically said, yeah, illustrators need reference material. And it's okay to use reference material, but what you got to do is put a spin on it. Put your own individual stamp on this and make it your own. And that's not what some of these guys are doing. Any opinions on this?
2: um, I I, I don't want to see Gary Dordain from from CSI on on the cover of Ultimate Power as as Streak from Squadron Supreme. I I don't want to see Kurt Angle the wrestler. I mean, there are we 're going to get into this i 'm sure but i've i 've seen three covers to ultimate power for the first three issues. Hyperion looks
1: different on every single cover that 's what yeah that 's what happens and, when your reference material changes
2: i don 't know if this is going to fall into that that realm i mean i know we 're going to get into whole in, into swiping and and why it's it 's bad, but my concern my issue my, my main deal with swiping is. If, if, if an artist is going to swipe work so much that there's no... This is a sequential art form. You know, you're know you supposed to be telling stories with pictures and that, that move along sequentially so that I can go from, from the first panel of the comic book to the last, and it tells a story. And just because there are characters placed in a room, and at the beginning of a story, they're all sitting down... And by the time the end of the story is over, they're all standing up, and I see them get up. That's nice, but it's nice if it's even nicer if they all look the same throughout the course of the story. Right. I, I have a me I, I, I have a huge issue with with the um, with what I saw in Ultimate Power Number One and, and how how the, the the characters look different from from not just one page to the next, but almost one panel to the next. And and I don't want to pick on. I don't want to make it seem like I'm, I'm picking on Mr. Greg Land, who, who may very well be the nicest guy in the universe, and and I have no problem with him as a person. I just have a problem with his artwork in this comic book. And and by all means, as as far as the swiping policy goes, I know Vince has things to say. I, I'm dying to hear what
1: Pat, as an artist, has to say. So so, gentlemen, knock yourself out. I like Pat. My foundation year in art school, I I learned by word and by example how to use reference material in your work. We were always told, and and I have two filing cabinets full of of just tear sheets from a thousand and one different magazines, that we were told to use reference material wherever possible, but make it your own and while you're at it, put some eyebrows on it. You know what I mean? What, what that means is put your, you have to use what you see and transform it, filter it through your perceptions and infuse that work with your style. And then while you're at it, make it something different, which is not what Greg Land does. From what I have seen on the people on the net who like to comb over his work, and find his reference material and put them side by side or overlay them it doesn't look like he's going out of his way to transform that from anything other than what it originally was you can draw you can draw a holding line around it and call it you know a drawing but it's it's not that's not what you're doing it's it's you're basically using it as a template what what I don't know what the word I'm looking for is but if you don't put the spin on it with your own personal style, it's not your style. It's, it's, it's the original is, I guess, what I'm trying to say. But this is the fault of the artist for doing this, but this is also an editorial fault. Because if I was an editor and I saw this work come past my desk and I can tell where five or six out of the however many panels came from, I would send that back and say, you know what? We don't pay you to crib stuff from already published or broadcast material. We pay you to draw, and that's not what you're doing. But that's that's just me. Pat? Well, the
3: sad thing is, I know that Greg Land is a very talented artist. I mean, he, you guys have seen his older work, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, yeah Nightwing's you know, he's, really good. His Nightwing was great. His Birds of Prey stuff was great. And uh, when he switched... To uh, cross-gen and uh, later on Marvel, he really started to rely on photo reference. I mean, I have no problem with people using photo re- reference. I mean, there there's a ser- but there is you know, there there's a way to do there's there's a right way and a wrong way to go about it. And I think if you're gonna use a model for one person for a character. I, you should at least stick to one model for that same character, and not you know using a different one each panel. Right. And I would say, to a point, it's so you know, fine. He does his thing. You know, he does his work a certain way. I wouldn't mind if say he was actually photographing a model, or like, or like like I said, he's photographing one of his friends or something like that, because in a way, photography is an art in itself. Right. And if he's using his photography. And you know, using it to enhance his drawing, I can kind of go with that.
1: But that's what an illustrator does. Yeah, that's that's their that's their stock in trade. Look at exactly Alex Ross, Tony Harris; they use models, and their work looks very real as a result. Mm-hmm. That's, that's I don't think that's what we're talking about here.
3: Yeah, the way he does the way you know he does things is that he would, uh, you know, like uh, David was mentioning earlier. Uh, a good example is Susan Storm over in Ultimate Fantastic Four. One panel, she looks like Jessica Alba, and another, she looks like another actress. Mm-hmm. And I think it's gone. She's gone, He's gone overboard, you know, with this because there was a it time might, where you've re- been
2: subtle in the beginning, but now
4: it's just yeah, it's, it's a yeah. Now
3: more it's it's just blatant, and I don't understand. Also, I mean, I'm sure editorial is busy with all the you know all the stuff they have going on, all the stuff that they have to receive and you know coordinate. I find it hard to believe that's, you know, they just would let something like that. I mean, it's really noticeable, especially, I mean, it's, especially, in the, you know, since they're all in the publishing field, I would say that, you know, it's impossible for them not to notice some of these things. Right. It goes by them. No, I would guess it maybe is because of deadlines or, you know, whatever. They're not able to uh, get, you know give him any uh, i guess chastise him over that or something
1: right but if you have developed a style uh-huh. that relies so heavily on photo reference uh-huh. wouldn't it be easier and take a a whole hell of a lot less time to to draw it yourself i mean if he has to find say, I, I need a, a, a pose for Sue. Okay, here's one. He looks through all his references. You know, I, I need a, a profile for Reed. And he, he looks through the reference. I mean, that's got to eat up a lot of his time.
3: Yeah, the, the sad thing is um, he did a panel at a, a convention about a year and a half ago or so. Like A friend of mine attended that panel. He basically explained his process. And he pretty much just said that... Uh, he he, picks, he takes a light box and he literally just traces over it and then just goes over it with, uh you know, he just he just makes the appropriate changes. and Apparently, it takes just as long as if he was actually drawing it.
1: He actually said that.
3: There, this, was a, this was at a convention panel. I think it was in Toronto, like,
1: a couple of years ago. Oh, well, see, this account was in Canada. Sorry, yeah. Cinch. <laughs> um, but, and you, you know what gets me the most is whenever you stumble upon a discussion about greg land there's always some wise guy in in the in the thread or in attendance that brings up wally wood yeah and 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 wally's famous quote paraphrased don't draw anything you can trace don't trace anything you can cut out you know what i mean that's not what wally meant by that what what he meant by it was the, take the path of least resistance to get to your goal. If you if you can crib something from another person's drawing, do it. But I defy you to find a Wally Wood panel that looks like it's been cribbed from somebody else's work. It it just can't be done. The man had such a recognizable and aesthetically pleasing style that I don't see how he could and and so a so a uniquely personal style that he couldn't have cribbed it from anywhere else and have it look like the rest of his stuff.
2: I don't think swiping is, I mean, compared to other evils, swiping may not be the be-all end-all, but I think when you look over the body of work, you can find a lot more good in Wally Wood's career. Than oh my. what we can come across in Great Land so far. So, oh. I mean, you got it. Yeah, I think I think we can cut Wally a little bit of slack, even for saying the quote. But even if he did swipe a few things here and there, it wasn't. And and who's to say who's to say he didn't, based on our records at that time, the photo references that Mister Land is using are a lot more readily available. Then, then if someone were to go back and try to find whatever Wally Wood may have been copying or swiping at that time in the 50s and the 60s.
1: Right, and that was part of Joe, Joe Q's comments was that it's so easy to do it these days with yeah. the digital technology we have where you can pause a DVD and instantly you know, drop it into Photoshop and slap a layer on it and, yeah. and, and trace over it. That just because it's easy doesn't mean you should do it. And I don't think, again, that's not the question here, but you have to admit, by looking at Greg Land's artwork and going back to what you said about Wally Wood, I don't think if Wally Wood needed to draw a tree, he would say, oh, my God, I need a reference for a tree or a landscape or a, um, maybe an automobile. All right, I'll cut the guy a break. But the, the, the Wally Wood was an illustrator. Jack Kirby was an illustrator. Greg Land stuff looks like it's been processed. Every yeah, very cold. Every everything in his work looks like it's been generated by a machine. The the, the, the shadows in Sue's hair, the an expl and I'm just looking at this four page, you know, ultimate power ad because I'm not about to you know go pull stuff out
3: it's, it looks very soulless to be quite honest with you Ex- there's, exactly there's, and you- there's there's no i mean there's no sense of motion there's no there i mean when you look at a, a page of say i mean like okay if you look at a penciled pascal fairy page page mm-hmm. you can look at that and you can see there's motion there, there's there, there's a bounce it and you can tell like you know this is this is you can you know who draws it when you look yeah. at Greg Lampies, yeah, you know it's him, but you know, you know, just because of what you can see there, you can say, oh, anyone could do that. <laughs> anyone can just take, you know, like half an hour to trace that panel. Right. Off a light box. And.
1: Well. It's, Photoshop, yeah.
3: And everyone, looks, everyone just looks awkward. <laughs> right. In poses. It, 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 and, almost, and almost too pretty. Uh
1: huh. Yeah, that too. And the thing that bothers me the most about his work, and you can't pin it on the anchor because the anchor is just following the pencils.
2: No, and and that's, that's, that was a point I was trying to make, is that is that Greg Land has an anchor. I don't know if if I ever got a job as an anchor. If, if, if my dream actually was realized and it came true when I was actually an anchor for Marvel Comics and Greg Land's work came across my desk, I don't know if I could really... Suck it up for the paycheck and go. Okay, I'm going to ink this work, knowing that I might as well be inking the cover of Sports Illustrated or or Sears catalog.
1: Right, but you could be doing him a great service by at least putting a little bit of emotion in the I line.
2: Know. But yeah, yeah, and that's and and that's the difference between an embellisher and just somebody who's just inking the work.
1: <laughs> that that's the thing that that kills me about his work. You can you can call me an art snob or an elitist, but in my opinion, the line should. And this is going to sound corny, but this is how I feel. The line should just sing with joy at being alive. That's the way I look at art. I look at Klaus Janssen's line, and you could tell that that's a happy line. It, it's thick, it's thin, it just, it, it's it just overjoyed at being on the page. It's creation, that's what it is. I look at Greg Land's work, and I feel like I'm in a vacuum that there's you know there's no life here there's no movement there's no flow there's no it's just like pat said it's soulless and i hate like hell to pick on the guy and and i don't care if he's the nicest guy in the world art is art you don't you don't fuck with art well, that's, that,
2: that, that's our way of knowing who he is. I mean, he's he's presenting himself through his work, and, right? You know, I mean, I don't know what kind of car he drives. I don't know how he treats his his you know his, his neighbor, so I can't say anything about that. All I can talk about is his art. That's that's all I have to go by with him, right? I want to bring Miguel into the conversation because even though Greg Land isn't the only person that has swiped, most recently he's 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 the one that people are most vocal about, but. Back when when Miguel was last reading comics heavily, was in the 90s. And I remember plenty of websites and plenty of articles that focused on the likes of Roger Cruz and Rob Liefeld swiping pages hither and yon. I mean, if I see that Rob Liefeld page from X-Force copying that two-page para-spread from New Teen Titans where everybody's coming in and attacking the bad guy, I mean, Liefeld has swiped from from Steranko, from, from everybody, but he's also, even though the poses and, and, and the characters may look exactly alike as far as the original, like, mostly the poses. If, if Captain America is throwing his shield the same way that you know John Byrne's Captain America threw his shield, that's fine, but that Captain America is going to look the same throughout that entire comic. You're not you're not missing anything. You know, Wyfild may not be the greatest artist in the world, but at least there's there's a consistency to the to the not great art in that book.
1: Well, how uh, about it, how about John Basima? Have you ever seen a John Basima Conan that did not look like Conan? No. From every conceivable angle, yeah, Conan sure. was Conan, and and Thor was Thor, and Reed Richards was Reed Richards. Basima had an ability to illustrate. He had that. That spark that instantly was able to delineate anything from any angle and keep it consistent. That's not what Greg Land has because his sources come from from all over the place, over the place and he's not processing them internally. He's just using what is there and not putting that Greg Land spin on it. And, and, and
2: well, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
1: No, let's get back to Miguel. Let's see what he has to say.
5: Um, well. To get the guy a little slack, I mean, Greg Land. Um, He, I, 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 yeah, the swiping and the fact that his models just don't, uh, don't appear to be moving, uh, angers me a little. But as far as to say that, you know, his, uh, you know, the fucking up with art comment, um, I mean, it's his art. It's fine. I mean, we are here to judge if we want because we can talk about it all we want. But uh, pe- some people must like it. Uh he obviously likes it. So it's his art and I I as, uh, we can judge all the kind of art we want, but it's not going to change it and it's still art, so I'm just I uh, it, it just uh angers me a little that um when this kind of uh, hyper realistic uh work comes uh, my way for me to read, it's just it doesn't feel like I'm reading comics anymore. It doesn't feel like fantasy world. It doesn't feel like there's anything happening really. To me, it feels like uh, he just he. I don't know. He. It's like a photo novella almost, uh, almost. You know, and it, it just I don't know. It, it 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 kills it a little. When when the first uh, he did end song right and and he when um when before I read it I. St- I tried to, you know, to actually start to read it like four times before I could actually, you know, go through it.
2: I, ju- I just couldn't.
5: I-, I-, I would look at it and then I would... You know, Why did I buy this? And then I... It was like the first week that I came back to comics. And I was like, I, I don't remember this when I was 10. And then I-, 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 I would close it. And then I and then I would I I don't know I read I read Straczynski run on Amazing Spider-Man or whatever, and then I I tried it again and then n- no I, I cannot do it I, I can't believe I just spent money on on on, on this on this uh, premiere edition just to you know have it sitting on my shelf and I hate I hate things just sitting on my shelf you know me not reading them, and then I don't know the fourth time I could actually go through with it and by the end of it I was like it's so sad that I got used to it. That's uh, that's what it's, I remember thinking.
3: It's sad because they that, that actually had they actually had a great story in it. It's just that the uh, the art kind of takes you out of it.
5: Well, I, I I could fight on with you on the great story part, but uh, <laughs> well, it's, yeah,
3: that's that's something for another day. Yeah, <laughs> I thought the story was great,
5: but uh, but I don't know. I just I felt sad, that I got used to the art. I should be I should really be you know. I should be, like, in the... I can't take this uh, kind of place, but um, I wasn't, and that's, you know, saddened me a little, because it's not the same. It's just, it, it doesn't carry... Like you said, it doesn't carry any emotion or anything.
2: The, the only thing I could add, going back to Bashima to, to real quick, is that there weren't a lot of characters in Konian, and, and as great as his Konian work was, and it, it was amazing, I always like and I, I, I associate Mishima with... With the Avengers, and the Avengers not only had a huge lineup, and yet you know some of them wore masks, so it's very easy to have a consistent look to the characters when their faces are covered. But Scarlet Witch always looked the same, Jarvis always looked the same, the Wasp. So you, you, you're right, Vince. I mean, there was definitely, I mean, of all the people to choose, for them to show you how a consi- how a book should look as far as consistency goes. You, you, you really can't get any better than, than, than John Bushima
1: right. but to not to defend John but all you need is one character uh, the Avengers had a big membership and a lot of characters running around that book great but representing a character through a work a sequential art in the same physical manner every single panel that's really hard to do not many people can do that I mean Pat'll tell you it's it's because you're relying on your mind to transmit these mental images through your hand and onto the paper and and John's Conan didn't exist anywhere other than his mind so it takes consummate skill to translate mental impulses into an image on a page not everybody can do this. And I think not everybody should be doing this. Do you, well, that's
3: why it took, it took people a long time. Like you know, Many people, takes, it takes years to actually break into the, you know, in, the comics industry. Right. I mean, you, you've seen, uh, I think there's some uh, artists out there. I think Mike Oming actually published uh, all his rejection letters from when yes. he was trying to get yeah, gigs in Cross Bronx. And, yeah. and cross Bronx and you can see, wow, it really, it really takes a lot to get into this, this business, and not many people, I mean, there are people who get in, uh, you know, but not everyone can uh, do the type of stuff like John Buscema did, and I think, if you guys, we, we mentioned the Avengers earlier, his run, I mean, a good example of how he's able to, you know, pick a character, I mean, there's like a, large cast and you pick a character there and you somehow some way they're able to stand out even though they're wearing masks and they're not saying anything or they're just moving from panel to panel you I mean, look at his uh, Baron Zemo from uh, that uh, The Siege of uh, Avengers Mansion story <laughs> if you look at him he's drawn one way you could see you, you know the way he draws his masks like you could actually see or you could actually tell what type of facial expressions going underneath that thing. Yeah, yeah. At the same time, when he moves around, there like there's a certain thing about him. There's like a confidence in the way the the figure is drawn when he's standing next to characters like Tiger Shark or all those other guys. So it's it takes a lot of skill to actually like, pull that sort of thing off.
2: Right. And and this was before you know the advent of of the using computers to aid in the coloring and oh, and, yeah. and adding texture. Well and, and yeah, so I mean, for, 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 for John Bushima and Tom Palmer and whoever the colorist might have been at
1: the time, whether it,
2: it, it was it, it's great work. Right. Oh, yeah.
1: a- another thing about art as in terms of uh, comic books, I think a good artist will generate a relationship between his work and the viewer, like like Kirby, there was a, a Kirby energy and a style and a way of doing things that, uh, when when you saw a Kirby Explosion, you you instinctively knew that Jack was at work here, and and Jack's little mannerisms, they, it, it became Jack's language after a while, and and the same thing with say, uh, John Romita Jr. that little smirk that he puts on peter parker or the the way he draws mary jane or the the, the you can even get into the minutiae of it the way ramita jr draws knuckles and and hands and and explosions and and you could say this about every really great artist al williamson you know when al williamson has inked a book you know when klaus jansen has inked a book uh, w- greg land's work could have could be done by anyone There's no relationship here. There's no... uh, The only reason you would know that this is Greg Land's work is because it's cookie cutter. You could tell that these things have been pulled from a a variety of sources. There's no Greg Land line. His line has no personality at all. Uh, So I I can't see a human being in there. I I can't get any mannerisms out of this. Um, I can look at the, the way he draws hair... And say, yeah, those deep shadows—that's Greg Land, and that's—I—I I don't see a personality there. All I see is a person uh, filling in the dark areas. You know, it's there's there's no style to it, uh, and and I hate like hell to, to come down on the guy because as an illustrator myself, you know, when somebody looks at your work and finds finds a lot of faults with it, it it's not an easy thing. And I'll be the first person. If he ever dropped this style and and warts and all went back to the way he used to draw, even when you stumble, like Liefeld, at least you gave it a chance. At, at least, you know, we're seeing a personality and a, and a human being behind this art. And when it comes right down to it, the the art is nothing more than the identity of the person who who created it in the first place. And if there's no identity or there's no hint of an identity there, it, it, it could have been done by a machine, and it might as well have been done by a machine. And we don't want that. No, I, 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 I won't say something ridiculous like this is an art. It obviously is art, but it's not my kind of art.
2: No, I, you're, you're right. I mean, I'm, I'm just stuck on the whole machine. I mean, the last thing I would want is is for the comic books that I'm buying, the artwork to look like it's it's processed or sold as to like a machine did it. So. You no, know, I just, I, and again, I, I don't want to make it look like we're we're beating up on on one individual. I mean, this, I don't know if it's sad. I think it's a shame that as soon as we see a, a policy from Marvel, say no swiping, everybody just automatically jumps to one person, and they have a huge stable of freelance and and employees that work for them that illustrate their comic books and 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 there's only one person that we hone in on when it comes to swiping and and because i have to give credit where credit is due the colorist for most of the uh... avengers run by or drawn by bushima was uh... was christy max Shield. we have one listener uh... mister art lion who who is uh... who works with gene ha and uh, is the colorist on the authority and he uh, he and and was the colorist for the Forty ers He enjoys it when when we do mention the uh, the other creators on a book and not just the the writer or the uh, or the artist. So
1: I have a lot more to say on it. I just don't know if I should. <laughs> I think
5: we you've said long enough.
1: Yeah, uh, you know it 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 kills me whenever you read a thread on a message board and 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 a, a personal come on. And say, well, I really like Greg Land's art, and I don't see anything wrong with it. That, to me, means that you don't know what you're looking for. He might, he might like it. Oh, you can like it, yeah. And and but to defend it and and to say that it's it's there's nothing wrong with it. That it's aesthetically pleasing. You, you, they're,
2: Maybe they're, he, it is to him.
1: And well, I see them as an enabler. <laughs> all, 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 well and good, but and you know, and maybe again, I'll be, maybe I'm an art snob. I don't know. I, I could be. It, uh, it, it, it obviously, he has his fans. Obviously, um, as
2: much as we want to say that the editors are at fault for letting it slide, he, he continues to get work. So, you know, he's on Ultimate Power. I don't know if he's doing all nine issues. I don't know if he's just doing. He's the doing issues all nine. That, okay, so he's going to work with all three, all three writers, and. It's not like it's not like he's drawing an eight-page story in Marvel Comics Presents, or, or the backup Vision story that was running through the Ultimate titles last year. I mean, this. I'll
5: is... I'll 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 ask you something. Do you like uh, Gabriel Gallo? Uh,
2: yes. I I I'm in, I like his covers for Annihilation. I was not really thrilled with Secret War, but I yeah, don't that's know what if I, that's what I I, can, to get. I some of the art in Secret War was hard to swallow. I. I'm pissed at the story, as a whole. I mean, all th- those five issues. No, ju- just focus on the art. But just focusing on the art, yeah, it's not it's not a huge hit, with me, know. All right. But would I take would I take Delato over Land? Most likely, because at least Delato is painting this, and it's 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 original. This is coming from him. It
3: felt personal,
2: yeah. Yes, it really did.
3: David, have you ever seen Delato's actual pencil or just pencil and ink work?
2: I have seen his. I have seen some of his penciled work from, from his website. I haven't seen much of it as far as like um, I I saw actually the they had a few a few panels from uh, at the end of each uh, Secret War issue. They weren't anything large. I mean, you couldn't get a lot from from it. But uh, but but with the little I've seen, it it, it is a huge. I, I think I think his painting is is very dark, and that's and I think that might. I, I'd like to see more of it. I mean, I'd like to see more of it if I could make out what it is. I'm trying. I'm supposed to be seeing.
5: Oh, okay. I, I really liked it though. Yeah, I, I I would think it would be great.
3: for I think it fit the tone, the it, comics.
2: It, it, yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah it, it fit the tone for Secret War.
3: I I really liked that. I I just think that, I don't know. I think the the type of scripts that Brian Bendis writes just didn't match the type of stuff that you know Delano's work. I think Delano's uh, yeah, suited think for so like something big, you know, for bigger, wider panels. Because, you know, Bendis likes to do you know lots of dialogue-heavy scenes or you know and uh, you know, a lot of exposition, that sort of thing. And I don't think it really worked well as far as having Delano painting over it. And I, I can see why you weren't all that into that story. I thought it was a good one. I thought it was good. I, I think Sorry. I was
2: expecting more with, with, with those five issues. It was a little lacking. But again, you know, we're not... Uh, we can go to secret war later.
1: Okay. Let's, let's talk a little bit about what I consider Greg Lance polar opposite. Bill Sienkiewicz. <laughs> now, I, I would go as far to say that you take any single panel from, say, Electra Assassin, there, there is more emotion and just feeling in, in one Sienkiewicz panel than the entirety of Greg Land's post Nightwing art. When, when these people say, Yeah, I like this art and, and I think it's good is it because they haven't been experienced they haven't been exposed to say a Sienkiewicz or a um I'll even I'll say Neil Adams or a Kirby or uh you know someone who the the whole idea behind creation is expression you're trying to express a feeling or an an idea or or as as a comic book artist would do you're trying to express what the writer is telling you to express true what is gained does uh, who who wrote the first um ultimate power was Not it Ryan bendis. was bendis uh, did, did bendis tell land to all right here here's what's happening i i want i want you to show this character desperately trying to do this and it, it ultimately fails because i don't get that i don't get that from any of it i get i get a bunch of people posed in 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 vacuum world you know so it, it's there's no emotion there there's no there, there's n- and the story ultimately suffers because of it
5: yeah that's, I, you're right I, I, I see where you're going with uh with um with the, with the fact that the writer might feel that uh, it, um, you know, talking was all for nothing because ultimately he doesn't see the kind of emotion he wanted to see. Mm-hmm. But uh, as far as the the why the, do people like it? Is it because they haven't seen or whatever? As far as that goes, as far as those questions goes, ultimately you'll never know unless you ask someone that likes Greg Land's I don't know. You can maybe post about it and invite someone that likes it to talk to you on uh, live, <laughs> but I don't know. It's just uh, it you won't find out. D- yeah, beauty d- is likes in it. the eye of the beholder.
2: Right, I mean, uh, we, we know that. So I mean, what? Obviously, Vince has gone on record to say he's not a huge Perez fan. No, I am. I've seen Perez at his best, and I've seen him at at his not so best. And, and for someone, and, and you also have to keep in mind. When you get a lot of people, even even these days, that say when that Demon Bear story came out in New Mutants and they went from Bob McCloud to Bill Sienkiewicz, a lot of people were either, I can't believe they're doing this to this book, or they got out of the book, or they just, they, they weren't a fan of his style to begin with, you know, just, so that's, you're right, Sienkiewicz has the, his work is original, you can definitely see where how much you put into it, you can see what's going on on the page, and which is you know the mark of a great artist. But
1: tell me that you didn't look at the the face of the bear in that one panel with the the, the huge eye and the grimace and just the way he rendered that bear and think holy that shit that you don't get any holy shit moments out of this. You don't get that. No, no you don't. It it was obvious. And if
2: you do, it's just from the writing.
1: It was obviously in, intended to, to freak you the hell out, and he succeeded, but it was revolutionary in another way. He, he He took the art form and transformed it from state A before his arrival into something totally different there was how, how many um, Sienkiewicz clones did you have after that I mean everybody was trying things they were pasting objects to the to the Bristol board they were they were you know cutting cutting things up and mixing pictures with 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 drawing and, and he just he opened it he said you know what this is possible I, I, you can do this it's okay to, to treat this art form like any other art form you can get as expressionistic or as wacky or as as, as wild as you want. And it'll work if you have the chops and you know what to look for and, and how to present it. Hmm. I agree. I have to agree, yes. And, and I you know, I'll, I'll throw Perez a bone. Uh, even Perez, at his very worst, is still better than 99% of, you know, the people that have done this. So... It, it's uh, it's a it's a matter of you know just how you look at it. George has skill. He uh, he he obviously can tell a story, and he 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 does have a way with with anatomy and, and characters. But I just I I'm not a big fan of his artwork. But that doesn't mean to say I don't think he's good. I think he's very good. I just he he just draws in a in a in a manner that I is it, it's not it doesn't. Um, It doesn't work for me, but who the hell am I?
2: I I, I know what you're trying to say as far as, you know, wanting I I think I know what you're trying to say. When someone comes on the board and says, I like Greg Land, you want you want them to explain why. So that you you want them to defend it so not so that you can squash anything that they you want come up with. But, you know, this way, if they say, well, I like it because I like the way he draws the sunset. Well, okay, then that's fine.
5: Right. Maybe we'll accept it, But if, happy, if,
2: if, yeah. if, if, you know, then but have you checked out how this artist draws a sunset? Or how, how, you know, did you realize that the sunset was drawn because he did this, this, and this, which isn't really drawing it? I mean, you know, you're right. I, I don't want someone to just say, I like the movie. or I like this car. You know, Don't give me a reason. I I, want to understand where you're coming from. So I'd like to know. Because I can tell you why I dislike something. But for you to come back to me and just say, well, I like it. Well, what the fuck kind of argument is that?
1: Right. And I'm not a big fan of coming out on top as far as discussions go. I don't really care if if I, quote, win or lose an argument. It doesn't really matter to me. Uh, I just – I'm – that's I know. I'm I'm a big fan <laughs> of art. I mean, it's the reason I get out of bed in the morning. It's the reason I do what I do at my Yeah, j-
5: but look, 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 look. I just uh uh the the it was 350, right? Greg Land, the price of oh, the Yes. Sketches. Okay, look. No, just 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 a comparison. I would see myself I wouldn't see myself ever paying $350 for a sketch, but uh let's pretend that I would. I w- I I would probably see myself uh, paying three hundred and fifty dollars for a Greg Land uh, sketch at a convention, um, ma- uh, well, it would be much more likely than seeing myself paying two thousand uh, bucks for a John Byrne sketch of Sue with uh, eleven fingers on, on his
4: Right, face.
1: I saw that.
5: I mean, it it, it just uh, the the thing is, uh, as far as they they can say to you, they can post it on the on the, on the thread. I like Greg Land, and then you can you can ask why. I mean, because I- I- it is a, a very small argument to make. I just... I, well, I like it when the thread probably discusses why people don't like it. But uh, as far as then retribution goes uh, as, you know, yes, but look at this or... I don't know. I think that if if he likes it and if he gives you... Or, or she gives you a good re- enough reason, then you just... We shouldn't spoil it. Right. If he likes it. It's who's,
1: fine. Who's to say that I'm right and they're wrong? They're not. If it, you like what you like, then fine. Like it. Love it. Embrace it. That's all I could say. But because I mean, they're, they're not everyone on the planet is aware of the power of a line or the power of, you know, a... a, a um, Yeah, I'm getting there. <laughs> Thank God I'm the one doing the editing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would leave that in. <laughs> or, you know, a, a, a well-composed panel, just the the, the, the way it can make a, a human being feel. And 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 you brought up the John Byrne drawing. I, I, yeah, she has six fingers on one hand, but look at his line. Byrne still has a very competent, very expressionistic, very John Byrne line. Yeah, no, I'm sorry, no. You know...
5: <laughs> or or the five two uh, or the five two Wolverine or I don't know it's just a, 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 I I don't know no, yeah I'm sorry I'm it doesn't sit well with me
1: right I don't care if if Sue had a dick I would still <laughs> prefer no
5: that's where we differ I'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> I, I like my Sue dickless uh, <laughs> <laughs> well what's the guy what's the guy's name that draws um, you know the the big um, the, you know the big man titties on on, on Captain America that Rob Liefeld
4: yeah. Yeah,
5: that's the guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh yeah, we were talking about him. Uh, uh well I, I I I can't tell you how much I hated Deadpool at that point. I mean, that cover, it just pissed me off so much.
3: Did you ever hear the backstory behind that thing? Uh, there there um,
5: the, what? The, <laughs> the Captain America thing?
3: yeah yeah uh, apparently uh Liefeld talked about how uh like, there there 's a series of uh, video blog entries over on youtube okay. that Rob Liefeld does and uh, you know he 's doing these entries you know t- you know to hype up uh the upcoming onslaught reborn thing that he 's doing and he actually talked about the Captain America with breast story and apparently he drew that thing at like two in the morning and he and uh, he, I guess he sent it out to uh, he sent it out to some people like Jim Lee and like other people that he was working with, and they uh, he, and they told him uh, it it doesn't look right. And then like he was like it was like 2 a.m. He was like half awake or something. He just said, you know, it looks okay. It's fine. And, uh, he just sent it out Anyway <laughs> and, But, but and how is that what, possible what, what, Even
5: shit face He could he, 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 Oh my god I don't you, know You know
3: what though At least he's, at least he's man, He mans up to it You know He admits that You know He screwed up And that he kinda Regrets that now And you know At least he's being Honest about it And you know You can say what you want About his work But at least you know Every every Rob Liefeld comic you ever see is always it it's alive. There's a lot of stuff going on. He is there. having
2: fun, yeah, alive and on
4: steroids.
3: Yeah, that's that that's his art style. And maybe he just doesn't want to change that. And he he maybe got <laughs> stuck with what he you know he he just wants to do things that way. But at least he's he draws. I mean, he, he of course he would still pose here and there. But, you know, we can we can get into that also, but. <laughs> He, he doesn't, you know what, at least you know it's a Rob Liefeld drawing, because it looks like a Rob Liefeld drawing, yeah. it, you know? Ah,
5: okay, but you you also know it's, it's Greg Len. What's that? You also know it's Greg Len when you no, see but Greg Len Yeah, but, but the, yeah, but the thing is,
3: is, well, the thing is, Rob Liefeld, when you, I mean, sure, he has his own style, you can tell it's him, and you can say that Greg Land has his own style, but when you look at Greg Land, you look at, like, okay, he copied it from a photo. And then when you look at our rifle drawing, yeah, he copied a pose.
5: Yeah, no, the, I see the, what you're saying.
3: You know, and he he maintains the you know the his work it retains its individuality.
1: Right, and the, nine out th- of like but and, and nine know. out of ten times when he copied that pose, his, and I I don't want to say inadequacies, but his his. Underdeveloped areas as an artist came through. Like he would extend a leg too far, yeah. or mm-hmm. you know, um, a forearm was much too short, and, and another forearm was much too long, or his feet would be out of proportion. But at least that's being transferred through the Lio- the Rob Liefeld mind. It's it, it's mm-hmm. he's he's taking in. He's filtering this through who he is. So even though it falls short, it's still uniquely his. It's still creation. You know, uh, I I just think art art should come from the soul. And if not, then why bother? (laughs) This is Chris Neesman from the Around Comics podcast. And when you're not listening to Bullpen Bulletins come over and check us out at www.aroundcomics.com Okay, so we're all wrapped up on the, uh, yeah. the Greg Land thing?
5: Well,
2: but the swipe the thing. Land, call it the, the swipe swiping. Swiping thing.
5: Oh. Don't call it the Greg <laughs> Land thing. Edit that out. <laughs> Alright,
1: so <laughs> let, let's move away from Marvel's uh, swiping policy to another powder keg. And that is Tamora Pierce's opinion of Mark Millar's writing of Sue Storm in Civil War Number 4. Yes. Yay. Now, according to her blog, she was not too happy with the way Sue was represented by Mr. Miller. Hmm. And it all has to do with that, I would say, heartfelt letter that Sue left for her husband. And uh, why don't we just read that? for those who haven't experienced it. And if it has... We should we read it a or to ourselves. <laughs> well, it, it, if it hasn't been um, obvious, uh, this will spoil a lot of stuff in Civil War Number 4. So if you haven't read that, don't listen to this. Carry on. <laughs> Fast forward, you know, go make a sandwich and we'll be here when you're done. Um, so it's after the death of Bill Foster at the hands of Thone or (laughs) Clore. I like Clore better and Sue is disgusted, repulsed just overall just fed up with Reed because he is he has continued to buy into the Stark plan and she leaves him a note and she says my darling Reed I know Johnny's out of the hospital and the family's back together again I know I should be happy, but I'm not. I'm so ashamed of you right now, and ashamed of myself, for supporting your fascistic plans. I hate what I've become, and that's why I'm joining Cap's Secret Avengers team. Please understand, this is not another cry for attention. This is not me trying to distract you from your all-important work. This is because our hands are soaked in Bill Foster's blood, and you're so blinded by your graphs and social projections that you can't even see it. Johnny and I will be working underground from now on, and that's obviously no place for Franklin and Valeria. That's why I've left them in your care and beg you to give them the time you have so often denied them in the past. I also didn't want your last memory of me to be tainted with all of the blazing fights we've had in recent weeks. Hence the oily fish dinner, good brain food, the bottle of your favorite claret, an excellent antioxidant, and making love one final time good for the immune system. I hope I don't look like a coward for leaving this way. I hope you don't think I'm a bad wife or worse still, a bad mother. I'm doing this for the best of reasons and pray that your genius can resolve this thing before one side ends up slaughtering the other. I love you, Reed, more than anything in the world. Please fix this. Susan XXX whatever. So, that's it. That's the gist of uh, what she had to say. Ms. Pierce Thinks it was not a very accurate representation of what Sue would do.
2: I don't know if it's so much what Sue would do, or just what a woman would do. Well, and I yeah. can kind of see her point. Be- being a woman, I mean, I wouldn't be able to. I can't. I can't think how a woman feels. I can't think how someone. I, I. I can't write what's what's going on in someone's head. That's that's not me. I could try. I could write a person, and if they happen to be gay or black or a woman, then, then fine. The way, well, the way she wrote her letter, I mean, I, I could only hope to get a letter like this if, if my wife ever decided to leave me.
1: Right. Well, let's see what uh, Ms. Pierce had to say about this, just so we can, we can put this in the right frame here. She says, okay, he's a fascist. He's got blood on his hands. He's helping to leave the side that she is about to fight against. But she hopes his genius, and that's in quotes, can resolve things for both sides. One assumes, well, so she and Johnny Storm don't die. She asks her fascist to fix this. She leaves her children with said bloody-handed fascist, whom she herself says has denied them his time in the past. Plus, she's not going off to a church social, folks. She's going off to fight in a war in which friends of hers have been mauled, imprisoned, and killed. She has just declared herself and her intentions to a man she knows has poisoned himself securely in the leadership councils of those who have brought all of this down on them and she fixed him a smart dinner, she poured out his favorite vino which is also heart healthy and she gave him a farewell tumble. This is supposed to be a female hero. This is supposed to be a rational intelligent woman. This reads like a cupid doll. With a squeak and a writing chip programmed by someone who wasn't mouthing the words as he went. It's just not me, is it? She just talked both ends against the middle and told a man she accuses of being a murderer that he's responsible, but he can kiss and make it all better. And she's helped to make him healthier while she goes and fights on the other side. Does that mean it'll be okay if she if she and all of her friends get killed? See. I may be reading something into the letter that's not there as a man, but Miller is relying on 50 plus years of Sue Storm characterization in this letter because there's not a whole hell of a lot of information in here. If someone came into Civil War number four blind from outside the Marvel Universe and picked up this book and, and read this letter, they wouldn't have all that history of Sue Storm behind it, where we know she's an intelligent woman, we know she acts in her children's best interest most of the time, if not all of the time. She's an extremely resourceful, moralistic and forthright woman. She she usually does the right thing in the right situation, and she's smart.
4: Sure. Mm -hmm.
1: And I think, being a parent, that it was an incredibly strong thing to do to leave her children with Reed. Who she I d-
5: thinks is a fascist.
1: Yes. Because she's relying on the fact that his love for his children will break him of this, I don't want to say spell, but this mindset that he's in. Because he has never exhibited qualities like this in the past. Nope. She, she, she's saying to him, you have children. You're a parent. I'm I'm giving these children to you in your care. You will do the right thing. You will take care of your children. And as as a father, I, I could never do that. And it must be even more difficult for a mother. I didn't carry my children. They were never a part of me, other than the love I have for them now that they're here. But a mother has a special bond with her children. They came from her she 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 carried them she gave birth to them she and for her to give up her two children to a man in which she has questions with she's not sure that he is the man that he professes to be anymore that is an incredibly strong thing to do there's nothing weak about that so it, so, so
5: just so i know you you are fine with the the characterization?
1: Yes.
2: Ah. Okay. Well, that's why you don't have a problem
4: with the letter.
1: No. Uh-huh. I, I think the letter is... It, there There are parts of it that are extremely sarcastic. and And it's not only the letter. If you look at the art where, you know, they're eating dinner. He, she's not even paying attention to him and he's not paying attention to her he's 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 going over something right and you know she kisses her children before she leaves she which is the same thing she did with her husband she, she she had sex with her husband before she left this is a man she loves she 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 wants to experience maybe the way it used to be before her life changes forever there's, I don't think there's anything wrong with that, or 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 demeaning, or showing her as a you know a blow-up doll, and or just a cheap tumble with her husband before she leaves. She she wanted to experience Reed again, because maybe she'll never experience it again. What's wrong with that? Huh. Um, can I say? Uh, can I comment? Yeah, go just ahead.
4: Balls right, in your right, right.
5: Well, um. I think it all comes down to shock value, um, and what can be done with characters if you use them unconventionally. I think Miller is known to squeeze shock value out of most of his books, and frankly I have to um, agree with Miss Pierce. Uh, we've talked about this, uh, the characterization things, times before in the forums, and I'm sure out of them with whomever we talked about comics. Um, I think we're seeing too many characters out of character, without seeing a true Um, not only meaningful, but cohesive and coherent point to their actions. Uh, I think we're way beyond ideals here, way beyond Iron Man or Captain America, because no matter what their thoughts about the issues, uh, their integrity, and of course I mean the characters, uh, needs to be maintained. Overnight transformations are a poor way to make a good comic, especially in mainstream comics, that not only affect the series, but regular ongoing series as well. And it's Marvel, and th- that means a lot of stuff, including the fact that Reed Richards just isn't a killer. Uh, so shock value exploited, but pointless. And explanation will have to be given to explain his actions so he can go back to be the fans Mr. Fantastic, and I'm afraid Miller often doesn't think beyond the shock part. I mean, these characters have been with us for years, they have developed since, but gradually, and almost always within lines that define them, that made them who they were, good or bad. And I remember what I said to a friend of mine after I read Miller's run on Marvel Night Spider-Man, and this is just an example, a run that many acclaimed, and I had just read Straczynski's run on The the Amazing Spider-Man, or the titles that were out at the time, and I jumped to read Marvel Night Spider-Man Hardcover by Miller, and I felt sad, because the story in itself isn't bad, but, um, uh, I mean, Straczynski had um, a way to make Peter feel like Peter. He he, I don't know. He um, he talked like him. His react, his reactions to the situations that kept unfolding around him, or you know, the weirdness that was all Spider-Man. That's how he should be, even with the huge mistake he made on his run, uh, with the whole uh, Gwen's slut thing. But um, um, <laughs> Miller, Miller made him weird. It, it just didn't feel like Peter. He didn't feel like uh, what he. I I wouldn't think that he would react the way he was. Reacting to stuff that was unfolding around him, and the shock value was also great on that book. I mean, the whole, the whole conspiracy theory around the book. But I mean, this and th- that's just you know a, 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 a secondary, if you can call it that, series about Spider-Man in a situation like Civil War, where extremism rules, shock can play all it wants, and with such a huge cast, if one isn't careful the characters take over, or better, the writer's vision
4: of the characters take
5: over, and before you know it, putting things back enough to resemble normal takes a longer time, if at all possible, without the firm, the famous premise, damn it, let's just forget it ever happened.
1: I mean, that's just, you know, the way I feel. Wow, did you, Mike, did you <laughs> breathe at any time during that? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm 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 glad, it i a I lot. told
2: ahead I, of time what we were talking about.
1: I, I agree with you in in the what you said that there are characters in this book that are not acting like themselves I don't think that that character is Sue I think it's Reed but I, I
5: don't know I I I not I, I could not believe when I read it I couldn't believe that she would actually uh, go and that you're right he's basing himself on a lot 50 uh, how many years of, of fantastic for history that's why it shocks you or that's why he would shock anyone that's what he
3: uses that
5: 's because you know that Sue would never act like this that 's why that 's why they 're shocked
3: oh i can, I can actually see her acting that way it really depends oh, on the can. situation you put a character in i mean you're you i mean we 're not the characters obviously, but you can see the type of stuff going on around them, and you know she has to do what you know she has she has to do what she thinks she has to do and you know they've they 've kind of laid the foundations now. like you know if, if they were to take the like say Leaving the kids behind For example They kind of examined What would happen If they were to take The kids out of that You know Out of there Where where they're protected You know there, There's no way They'll be safe So she had Of course the smart thing For her to do the, the best thing For her to do Was to leave The kids with Reed Right And of course She loves her husband I mean she's not fond. She's not happy With the stuff That he's doing But she still loves him Because you know he, She knows who this guy Really is And you know Maybe like He's just You know Acting like this because of you know the situation. Again, it's all about the, what situations they're in, and it you know you get put in a weird situation, you'll act differently. And I can I can totally see them being in character. It's just like the situation changes them.
1: I've always said that Ben is not the strongest member of the Fantastic Four, and I'm not talking about power. I'm talking about morals and um. Steadfastness sue is an extremely moralistic person she 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 tries to do what's right and knowing that she was party to Reed's actions by being in his presence and and she's made her her opinion known he didn't respond to it uh, so she does what she thinks is right and she leaves that's a that's a person who Stands by their beliefs. She she, she thinks what he's doing is, is very, very wrong, so she's trying to change it, even though it's her husband. If there's a point in this battle where one team comes up against another, and we know there's going to, and she has to put the screws to her husband in order to do what she thinks is right, I think she'll do it.
5: Yeah, but I, I think we, we, we... I think that um, the point isn't... Uh, the fact that uh, this happened to sue particularly but the fact that uh, characterizations in the book uh, are so off on so many characters at the same time well that, that that's what i it, think but it, not right it's but not in just sue or whatever in,
1: in terms of if this discussion has begun it it does it is applied to sue that's who no it
5: does apply to sue yes of course but right. the, the the thing is it just it it, it, it was kind of snowballing the the this was just one more thing that the, the what uh, what Miss Pierce um, is talking about. It's just one more thing. I mean, because you have Reed, and then you have uh, Iron Man, and then you have a lot of other characters that are kinda off character, and it it, it, it it it's fine. I mean, the situation is hard, and of course people are gonna act strange, and but uh, it, it, it's just it, there's too much uh, shock without actually seeing a way to you know. Not, not just put it back because that that would be too marvel um, but um, there there 's too much of a shock without there being you know enough of a point or enough of an explanation to you know it 's just i don 't know it's just it, it feels like i, I wouldn 't be scared if it wasn 't miller i'm st- I, and I like a lot of miller 's uh, stuff it 's just that Miller has been known to not then resolve the plot, and right. <laughs> it 's civil war it, this is a huge crossover. And I don't know.
1: Let's look at the letter a little bit more. She she asked him to understand that this is not another cry for attention. That right there tells me that there's big problems between the two of them. If she has to cry out to her husband for attention, then he's not being very much of a husband. We already knew that. Uh, this is not me trying to distract you from your all-important work. More more sarcasm. She's... she's Yep. I- obviously, outmatched by her husband as far as mental facilities are are, are concerned. He's he's a very smart quote man, you know. But she's telling him the stuff that you're doing is bullshit. You're distracted from the point. The point is, you're party to murder, and you've dragged me into it. Y- your friend, who you've worked with on a number of occasions, just got killed by a clone, and. You dig a grave for him and continue on your mission. You, you, that hasn't phased you. That hasn't even, you didn't even stop, apparently, from what we get out of this issue. You didn't even stop to think about, you know, maybe something's not right here. And I don't want to be party to this. So I'm taking my brother and we will beat you. We're going, we're going to work underground. And we're going to solve this. And maybe if you're the smart man that I think you are and the, 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 um, the resourceful soul that you've been known to be, you can stop this. But if not, I'm not sticking around. I'll see you. And, and, and she leaves. And that's not only difficult, but incredibly, and I said it before, this is a strong woman. How does this equate to Cupid doll? From Ms. Pierce's comments, I, I this this point that she's trying to make is so it's uh, it's just I'm lo- I'm not getting it. You know, um, she said it's not a church social. She's going off to fight in a war, and she gives her husband sex or has sex with her husband, and I I don't I don't understand why that's such an issue. Human 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 beings are animals. In essence, that's what we do: we eat, we sleep, and we screw. Uh, especially those we love. Why wouldn't she want to do that? Is this unheroic of her to leave her children?
5: Uh, I don't know. Um, uh, maybe she she of course feels that way, uh, Miss Pierce. Right. But um, I don't know. It's, I, I I don't I my I can stomach it. When I when I read it the first time, and um, it it just it, because to me and when you you're reading it I mean now of course we are all here reading like this on the um, on the paper because you know she she, she translated the uh, the 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 letter but um, on when you're reading on on a comic and whatever and you, between the action and, every, and, and everything else you don't pay as close attention as you should. And 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 I, I I just feel like she's not she's not just criticizing the fact that she she gave sex to him although although that's a big part. Uh, it's just the fact that um, maybe uh, as a mother, she didn't do the right thing to leave uh, her kids with a guy that not only is a, fa- a fascist this uh, now, but but denied them time. So the 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 safe thing. Yeah, they'll probably be safe But I don't know if, you know That's much better than, you know If they're off, you know Better than going with her, actually I don't know Uh, It's just, it, it feels like And I'm just talking out of my ass uh, it, it, it feels like the, she, she, her, her biggest issue isn't just the, the, the fact that she had sex or the fact that she, uh, her, uh, she left the children, but everything together, and the fact that she would do this uh, with all the problems that they were having. Maybe, maybe she would be stronger if she had stick it out, you know, if she had stayed.
1: But if she stays, she. If she
5: tried to change herself right you know by saying i don't know i don't know i'm just saying that i'm just you know uh, trying to figure out what 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 she you know pierce really really meant but yeah i don't
1: know i i could say that the majority of her argument is with the tumble because if you look at the way she she wrote it she bolds a couple bold faces a couple words here and there but she wrote tumble in all caps and she bolded that so that's the word that i'm focusing on and I'm gonna consider that as her, her main beef with yeah. this whole thing.
5: Yeah, he, she, then she goes on saying, you know, uh, or does she really believe that's, you
4: know, what's really
5: going inside a woman's head? Uh, I, I think she felt insulted. I don't
1: know. Right. I, 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 again, I, I, I don't get it that she would feel insulted or let down that a woman who's been married to this guy, even in Marvel Universe time, say 20 years, that would wanna experience. Her husband, the way he was when things were good say
4: yeah.
5: she she 's putting much m- m- more of herself into Sue, and maybe she she thinks that she would be so disgusted with him that she would leave him like without another word and take the children then that's that's already too much because then she 's thinking like her and not you know she 's not imagining sue she's imagining sue being her david
2: wow no no i'm just i'm listening to <laughs> everybody's points I mean I, I I had one point of view initially and it's um, it seems to have, have swayed a little bit based on everybody's arguments I I'm thinking that her with Miss Pierce being a woman and having this person write a female character having a male write a female character this way I mean we've you guys are talking about her leaving the children you know I've when my parents divorced, my brother and I we went through to live with my father. I've heard from so many other people how you know, oh well, well the courts generally give the children to the mother, or, or or they want to make sure that the mother is always taking care of the children. And I mean, everything was always mother and and child, not you know, not not the kids and their father. And maybe she's taking that a little bit too close to heart. You know, why would why, why would the mother? leave the children and 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 the one part i mean she she seems to be focusing on the tumble my beef is with the fact that she's got issues with her husband but she's going to leave her children i mean i think we've all taken a little bit so i think we've all taken something different from this letter and from miss Pierce's point of view of it and and i'm not going to i don't think She's wrong because that's you know this is how she's feeling this is her feeling on it so I mean that's I'm not going to say well, I I don't see that I that that's how she feels and that's that's perfectly legit my issue with Reed Reed's always been the absent-minded professor he's never he, he's never noticed what's been going on I mean even even in what, was it the second or third issue when 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 Reed was talking to T'Challa in Wakanda. And, and he says, oh, you know, my wife's trying to reach me or something to that effect. And, and you know, he tells T'Challa, Johnny's in the hospital, or, or T'Challa asks him, How, how's Johnny doing? And Reed says, well, he's still in the hospital, or he's recovering, or he's out of the coma, or what have you. And, and T'Challa, I mean, there's there's a panel where nothing's going on. And, and, and the Black Panther just tells Reed, call your wife. I mean, other people see. Other people in the world, other people not even in the same country, no, see. How Reed is 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 acting to his family, with his family? I mean, you know, if everybody else can see it, if it's so blatant to everybody else, and and you can't pick up on the fact that maybe something's wrong, maybe maybe I'm not spending as much time I should with the kids, maybe 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 my wife does miss me even if we're in the same building together. If other people, as I if if other Marvel characters see Reed as 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 this idiot. You know, then then it's not going to be hard for 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 comic fans or readers hmm. to, to realize that that, that reads a total tool.
5: You know what? I think that he might be wavering. He might be so. He might be starting to be disgusted with himself, and maybe he just wants to. He just can't reach Sue. He just he he won't let himself do that.
1: Right. He's too proud. Well, it. it
5: not too proud, but too ashamed. I don't know.
1: If you've read recent issues of Amazing Spider Man, he is wavering. But so,
5: yeah, maybe he's ashamed. Maybe he just well, doesn't. Before he knows that. Maybe he just doesn't know if he'll have to do. Uh, continue doing something, you know. Or taking part of something that's not really going with uh, 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 Sue's ideals or whatever. And he starts to be ashamed and he just doesn't want to, you know, uh, be in an active uh, relationship with uh, either of the people that really uh, do mean something but don't agree with him.
1: I don't see it as being an issue of pride as far as Reed is concerned because hasn 't no. right he hasn 't exhibited much pride in the past, but no. he is a scientist, and I not to denigrate the whole experience in terms of an experiment, but the man is accustomed to beginning things and letting them run their course to their logical conclusion and gauging the effects or studying these things so I think this is just business as usual for reed where he doesn't try to change the way things are once he's begun once he he's initiated them or has taken part in them where he just wants to see where this is going and and i'm and not to make it sound like he's a an impartial observer like a scientist would be he does have a say in this whole thing but i do think that that's the mindset that he has where he observes. He sometimes participates, and he goes from point A to the conclusion, which is Z. And he, he he gathers his data. I think that may be along the lines of what he's doing now. But like I said, if you read American uh, American, if you read Amazing Spider-Man, he is starting to sway a little bit. And it, I think it was Peter that was the one that initiated the the uh, the doubt. Which is, which is the way it should be. But to get back to the kids, I think it's a win-win situation for Sue. If the kids prove to be more important than what's going on with the registration side, she wins. Her kids are safe. Her husband has come around to be the father that she knows he is. Great. Problem solved. But if he doesn't, if he goes and continues with his participation with with Tony, the kids will still be in the Baxter building. Even if he hires a nanny or someone to come in just to watch his kids and take them to school and bring them back to the Baxter building. It has been shown in Straczynski's Fantastic Four that the Baxter building is the best place for these kids. Yes. They're not targets on the road with two terrorists. You know, that's what re that's what sue and johnny are now they're terrorists they're they're in the best most secure possible place so to say that she's doing her children a disservice by leaving them with an unattentive father is not the whole picture they're safe they may not be getting the love that they should be from their daddy but at least they're not in mortal danger from say you know repulsor rays or other things of that nature. That's how I see it. We know,
2: based on what we just said about Straczynski's uh, run, that you know the Baxter Building is the safest place for, for Frankie and for, for Valeria, for Franklin and, and, and his sister. So that's fine that they stayed there. But I think if the situations were reversed then, if, if it was Reed that was kicked out, if Reed had to leave and Sue got to stay, then, then maybe she would have... A better time taking that in, and but that wouldn't have helped the story along because Reed's not leaving, and it's it's Sue that went to go join Cap's Secret Avengers, and I love the fact that you know they actually call it Cap's Secret Avengers. But we seem to be taking apart the letter and 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 um, dismissing every, every point. I mean, I think we've done a pretty pretty good job of saying you know okay, well she said this, well that and that doesn't make sense because obviously this has to happen. So I'm I'm, I'm enjoying the letter a lot more now, actually
1: yeah and it's pretty much impossible for me as a man to put myself in a woman's shoes or mindset because i'm you know i'm not i haven't been for a couple of years but um <laughs> i i I can just go by what I see and you know the medium is words and pictures, so I think it's really important to look at the Images along with what's going on in the letter, and I keep going back to this tumble thing because that's that's what uh, her focus is She shows her emotions or her love for her children by kissing them it's a physical thing she 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 what I'm assuming is she's in this image kissing Franklin on the forehead or about to and she did the same thing with her husband, only in an, a more intimate way. And that that's all I got to go on. I, I don't see what is so devastating about her having sex with her husband. I, I do find it funny, and I think somebody brought this up on the forum, that Johnny has a vanity license plate, and he's... he's yes, they're going on the run. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. And and, and the, the the expression on the thing's face just kills me at the bottom of the page. Yeah. That that's one broken-hearted thing. Cause I don't know. I've always said that Ben has a Ben loves Sue. You know, just as much as as Reed loves Sue, and Sue loves Reed. And they may not be husband and wife, but I I, I do think he loves her. Maybe not in in, in you know completely in that way, but. If Reed were ever removed from the picture, I think Ben would uh, side a up. Oh, I think so.
2: It's <laughs> almost like they, they they did the reverse of makeup sex. I mean, they had sex and then she left.
1: Yeah, and what what is makeup sex anyway? It it's it it gets back to what what I'm saying. It, it's a way of expressing your emotions to somebody you're intimate with. You have sex. That's what you do. Uh, you, you know not kids. Well, what? what did he say? <laughs> For the kids, the kids should know this stuff. That's, oh. r- that's right. We should. We should. You know, twelve-step 12 yeah. program to having sex. Sure. But, uh, you want to express your emotions? have sex with someone you're married to? Yeah, I'm, I'm kidding. We don't have yeah, don't don't day. have unprotected sex, especially with a mutant.
5: Yeah, no, or someone can stretch. <laughs> that, yeah, that's not
1: good. Yeah, but I I, I, I do think it, it it still casts Sue in a in a intelligent rational light strong light yeah. she's every bit as sue as she, i've always known her to be it's uh reed i have the problem with but like david said extreme situations cause people to act in extreme ways so maybe maybe reed'll come around maybe he wasn't acting like himself i don't know we'll see who else do you think uh are not acting like themselves in this series I think I think Peter
2: and I, I say that because we, we've had you know for years and years we've we, we, we've had Peter Parker make sure that his loved ones are safe you know it would he, he could never let anybody know who he is because he knows that his loved ones would be prime targets even though you know Vince, you were telling me what what, what was going on in, in the story prior to, to Civil War number, was it number two with the unmasking, or was it number three? Mm-hmm. Two. That, uh, you know, that that he got the approval from, from, from Aunt May and, and Mary Jane, and I just I still can't picture Peter taking the mask off and saying who he is. I mean, granted, the, the payoff was great because seeing Jameson's face with the, in that reaction was, 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 <laughs> was wonderful, but I just i am not I mean Peter's just one of the characters but but Peter's just one of, of the people that I don't think is being portrayed as as the way I would think they would they should be right uh,
5: that that actually angers me a little because peter uh well he did that on Marvel Knights, so it's it's nothing new but he 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 claims that spider man is uh, his, I'm talking about Noah of course uh is his favorite character but he uh every time he writes them it's just it uh, it's not peter
3: I don't know um Regarding Peter, I thought that you know the the way I see it, he's in in Civil War anyway. They put the they put him in a position where he thinks he's gonna be safe, even if he did, you know, put himself out in the open because you know he has uh, he has Stark to back him up. Of course, he didn't think that you know, you know. I guess maybe he got talked into it because he felt that he was you know he was kind of honor bound to do what you know Stark asked him to do. And and you know the type of person Peter is He's, you know He says he's, he, he's all about being responsible And doing what's right And he thinks he's doing what's right By doing what Stark asked him to do Because of all the things Stark had done for him So I can kind of see him You know, doing what he had done And after consulting with his family You know Putting himself out in the open hmm. a stupid move I think, you know, in his part But, you know, I think that with all the stuff going on around him, I can see why he would do it.
5: But don't you think he's putting uh, what's right between him and 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 uh, and, um, and Tony? Come between what he thinks is right in terms of the civil war itself.
3: Well, at the point of the story where it happened, you know, I don't. He thinks that he thinks he really thinks they all believe that they're doing what's right. And they do, they're doing what they need to do, and he's just thinking, you know, just. You know, he because of what because of what you know the what's transpired before that particular story, like you know the whole trip trip to Washington and then him building in the costume and all this stuff going on. You know, as as their Avengers, you know, I don't think he's really thinking that Tony would have any kind of ulterior motives or any kind of thing for him, rather than just to help him because he's a nice guy. And I can I can honestly see him. Doing stuff, you know. He, you know, he's he's fast. He, you know, he got all the bright lights shining on him and all that stuff. And he would, you know, he would. I can see him doing it. It's just that now that he's, you know, having second thoughts. That's now, you know, now he's really screwed. Yeah. The only thing that I thought was out of character for Peter was the way. I guess it's more his dialogue than the, than what he does in general. Like his dialogue is kind of weird under under Miller. Yeah, like when he, he he's is. fighting Captain America in uh, issue three, I believe he he, he sounded kind of weird talking to him, and I always thought that he yeah. kind of revered, you know, he kind of looked up to Captain America, regardless of whether or not they're on the same side. And
5: no, yeah, yeah, you're right. It's,
1: well, getting back to the unmasking, I think the catalyst for him was the approval from his loved ones. If uh-huh. if May thought it was a bad idea or if Mary Jane I don't think he would have done it Mm -hmm. because from what we know of the character he's very big on approval from those who love him so I think he was a little bit pushed in a way by them saying you know yeah we think it's good so yeah of course he's gonna do it if May says it because that's his his mother figure so if she doesn't have a problem with it, and, and, and the thing that they wrote into the story when, when he, he was asking her was, she had to say the P word. She said she was proud of him. That's That's an instant switch with Peter. You know, if somebody's proud of him, he's going to go out of his way to prove the person he is to those people. And you know maybe they he was railroaded into it and didn't think his his the affection of his loved ones kind of blinded him in a way to to going through with it so yeah i i think it's totally believable that he would do it based on that if if may and um mary jane that scene was never written i don't think i would buy into it because it's very uncharacteristic because he's always been about the secret identity and helping you know the, the the dual life, but yeah, but because uh-huh. because they 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 agree to it, yeah, of course he's he's going to do it now. Whether if we're going to see another letter where he, you know, kisses Mary Jane and has sex with Aunt May at the end, I don't know. But
4: <laughs> no. oh, yeah, that
5: that, that, I that would be that. all Miller. Yeah, shock value at extreme.
1: Right, yeah. but yeah. I, I think Peter's pretty much dead on in the series. He's. Uh, from from the get go, I knew that he would turn. It, it's just it, it's so fitting with the character that he would act out of responsibility initially, and then once reality sunk in and the the real nature of what was going on was yeah. apparent to him, he 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 does the right thing. Peter always does the right thing. It, he has to learn the hard way and take his his bruises, but he always comes around. So I
2: I knew I knew he was going to end up on Cap's side. That's a given. I knew I knew where he was going to end up regardless of of the road taking there. I think I just I can see Pat's point with the dialogue, but I just think I think the unmasking is I, I I don't I don't think we needed. He could have stayed on on Tony's side. He he could just as easily have looked at, at Reed drilling into the To Clore's ear, and and telling Hank, are we on the right side, without being unmasked, without Mm. without unmasking himself? We did. We didn't need the unmasking. I feel.
1: But in order for him to be on Tony's side, he had to unmask.
5: Because he had to register.
1: Right. That that was the requirement. Tony wouldn't. If you had someone on 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 your team who went against everything you were preaching, it doesn't look too good for your team.
5: Yeah.
1: No, you're right. I, I think the Captain America Spider-Man battle was written in there, so you can have the uh, the inevitable "I'm sorry" scene, because you know it's coming. Yeah. He, oh, yeah, he he respects Cap to the point where he he probably feels terrible for what he did, and and that I think uh, if you know that's going to be a, a high point for me, because I see Spider-Man the same light as Daredevil, and and all the characters on the cap team. They're the vigilantes, the, the, the you know... The street guys. The, the, you know, the the, guys. Right. The, the street-level, gritty, down-and-dirty Iron Fist, and you know, Luke Cage. They're all cut from the same cloth. Whereas Sentry... Well, I shouldn't use him, because he's the wild card. But, but Tony and, and, and She-Hulk, they're the more glamorous, more upscale... I, I shouldn't they're the more Republican uh, of the Marvel Universe, whereas you know Peter is is the working man, and and Luke Cage is the working man and the, and, and the oppressed, and they know what it's like to be on the streets. So of course they would go on the that side of the coin. I don't know. I, I it's at the very least I I think this series is successful because it's given us. All of these things to talk about, and I think I don't r- really think they realized the can of worms they were opening up with this.
5: Oh, come on, how can you not realize uh, <laughs> when you unmask Spider Man?
1: But I mean, in terms of future Marvel Universe stories, th- doesn't
5: th- th- matter. Th- it doesn't matter. Uh, the Scarlet Witch will come, snap her fingers, and all's back.
1: No, I don't think No, I'm it. No, I know.
5: The thing is, the pretense <laughs> that you can always fix it, you can always. Uh, ignore it You can always go back It, it kills it a little
3: you know? All it only takes is
1: one panel For them to do that But I I, exactly. th- I, think
5: They can change it all back
1: Right They can But I don't think they will because Oh I hope not Because in Oh
5: I really hope not
1: t- In terms of credibility No one is going to forget this This is a This is a Gwen Stacy death You know This yes. is know. You, you can't just erase it yeah. And it's if they do, it will always be that little specter in the corner laughing at them and saying, "You guys had something." No, no, you're right. And and and, and it's going to plot the course for these stories yeah. f- till the end of end of time if they let it, which I think they should because. No,
5: I, I think you're right. And this time they'll they'll have a hard time. You know, they they'll, they can't take the easy way out. They'll have a hard time. You know, keeping up with the ongoing.
3: I I would. Get really, really pissed off. It's like somehow, some way, Speedball travels back in time and kills Nitro, and none of this happened. And all of a sudden, we got Captain Marvel back.
4: <laughs> Ooh, Ooh. Ooh. Oh,
2: that's so dirty.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that would be horrible.
3: Yeah, I
5: think we shouldn't even go there. No,
1: let's forget yeah. that. Right. I, I don't think the the apology was necessary because, in terms of an attack, I don't think it was an attack. She just she just gave her opinion. She said, well, yeah, maybe the characters will jump out of the page and choke them.
2: Well, yeah, but we, we, we've done that too. I mean, we've. Right.
1: we've we, 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 I've, we I've felt I felt guilty say, saying
2: things and then going, yeah. you know you what, know, I, I, I didn't mean it that way. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. And if anything, I'm really excited to see what she can do with White Tiger. Because mm-hmm. this is a woman that feels strongly about art and the way. Women are portrayed in art. So I'm I'm gonna buy it.
2: I can't wait for the fanboys to yell at her because she doesn't know how to write a woman.
3: While yeah. the, the, uh, well, we're talking about White Tiger, I have to say the preview art is gorgeous. Isn't it really is, yeah, I man. can't I, wait. I, I'm, I'm to so see
2: pissed that. that they didn't include that preview art in previews right. for issue one. I would have fucking bought
1: it. Yeah, issue one. They gave you a nice little double page for issue two, which was what really made me you know, perk up and say, holy crap, this is some good stuff. Because as far as the David Mack cover goes, yeah, whatever. Uh, you know. Oh. I wouldn't say that. I, I I like his art, I really do, but that's not going to draw me to a book. Knowing that the inside is drawn by someone else, and 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 someone who I've never heard of, I I want to see okay. art, you know. But yeah, they, uh, yeah, yeah. David Mack is very good, but oh. it, 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 they could have had anyone on the inside, and and I, and for me to order a book blind means I'm in for three issues. Because of the lead time with the DCBS and stuff. So I don't want to have three issues in my collection that I'm not going to read. So I I play it it safe.
3: On that note, guys, I'm going to have to uh, turn in for tonight.
2: (laughs) This is such a crazy episode. we got Pat
3: turning in for the night out in San Diego. It's
2: it's 2 o'clock. It's 10 after 2 here on the East Coast. and, And it's already Thursday for Mike. Thursday morning.
3: Yeah, you and love I, me? I have to go to work.
2: Well, so it's uh,
1: it's Thursday morning for us too, David. But
3: that's what I'm saying. I said I, I, said, I said daylight.
1: <laughs> there, you, there you go.
3: It's 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 still Wednesday here. You you guys are time travelers or something? Because <laughs> it's, it's only oh. it's only Wednesday here. S-
5: I I can tell you how it goes if you want. <laughs> thank you,
2: thank you. I,
1: I can now. spoil it for you. I'm so, you. so confused. Well, and thank uh, thank you, gentlemen, for being with us again. It's, it's like a crazy story. Always well, a What pleasure. else
3: am I gonna do at 4 a.m.
4: <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks.
3: Thanks for having me. See you. Always, anytime. All right. I'll talk to you guys Bye, later. David. Bye-bye. Bye, Miguel. Bye, Vince.
1: See you, honey.
4: Duh. Bye, sexy.
1: Bye. Ooh. <laughs> Man, Ooh. You
3: know which one to you. You know which one is. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Good night. Good night.
1: This week on Around Comics, we're talking about homosexuality in comic books. If this interests you, come on over to www.aroundcomics and then go to our forum and let us know what you think. So, what do you say we read a couple listener emails? I'm I'm game for that. It's been
2: uh, it's been a few episodes since uh, we, we dug into the the Willie Lumpkins mailbag. So, uh, you know, we got a couple that that go back a uh, couple episodes, a couple weeks. So. Um, bear with us, but uh, so, uh, Vince, you have anything on the uh, positive side of things?
1: Yeah, uh, we got a message from Brian Hancock, and he says, Guys, I just wanted to drop you a note after listening to 6 and 7. Whatever the hell you think you're doing with your podcast, please keep it up. Love the death and horror topics. Yeah, me too. Wonderful detail about the seduction of the innocent and the 1970s Marvel horror. Otherwise, I don't like kissing ass, but I love your show. And he's Max Hedrum on the forums. Well, uh, thank you, Brian. That was that's uh, good to know that you enjoyed it. I, I had a lot of fun putting that together because uh, the 1970s Marvel—that's my golden age. I just there wasn't a book back then that I didn't read and didn't love. So,
2: thank you very much. But what do, do you have? You, um. Well, I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to. We're going to take a slight turn here. Um, Bob sent us an email uh, earlier in the week, and I just wanted to, uh, you know, he took the time to write it, so I figured I'll, we we, we can acknowledge it. Uh, it starts off, Hello, as a reader of 35 plus years, it's nice to hear someone speak of all the titles I bought new in the 70s. I loved the Marvel horror magazines too, but felt they lost steam generally after about five issues. I also wanted to say I like the show and for the most part am enjoying it, but feel I must mention something that many either overlooked or thought it wasn't a big deal. The equating of Stan Lee's religion, which is Jewish, with stinginess. I am really bothered that someone who professes to admire him would denigrate his religion. Whether you were Jewish or not does not make it acceptable. I understand that the show's humor isn't always highbrow, but I don't think that prejudices are funny. Sorry to be negative, but I feel that it merits mentioning, since it was said, and quite honestly, it was like finding something unpleasant in a punch bowl after just enjoying my seventh tall glass. Thank you, Bob. I do want to, again, thank you for, for sending the note. Um, uh, it wasn't my intent to offend anybody, yet yeah, I, I I am a card-carrying member of that club, and, and uh, it's not you know whether I was going for the cheap shot just for the uh you know it was a little off-handed comment and and you know others might think it was it was in you know maybe no one thought it was in good taste but but you know it was kind of I guess par for the course at least how the uh how the show generally goes but like I said I didn't want to offend anybody and uh and, and I do thank you for uh for at least you know it it you off guard. You weren't happy with it. And, and, uh, and I can understand that. So, you know, if, if anybody, if, if I say anything, if, if the show veers off in a direction that either people aren't happy with, you know, I, I want to hear about it. I don't want anybody to just say, oh, I'm done with it. You know, throw your hands up in the air and just, you know, walk away. I don't want, if, if, if someone has something they want to bring to our attention about something we've said or didn't say or neglected to mention or, Think that we were wrong in some way, shape, or form. Then, then by all means, let us let us know. Yeah.
1: Now, I, I think if Bob knew you the way I know you, uh, he would know that you are very proud of what you are, and but you also uh, don't succumb to everybody uh, the the prejudices that some people have like that doesn't matter to you you are what you are and you wear it on your sleeve you you you, you you're perfectly comfortable at it and that maybe is why you're once in a while you'll get a little zinger in there because you're perfectly happy and you're comfortable and you don't take it seriously and so I I think it was done it was a little light-hearted thing that that you did because you you know you're comfortable. You're a card-carrying member, and I think that gives you a little bit of leeway. Like, as far as I'm concerned, I don't understand why stuff like that bothers people. But then again, I don't think there's too many people on this planet wound as loosely as I am. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Uh, nothing nothing bothers me. And you
2: know, we're, we're, no, that that's true. I mean, I've 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 been around you enough times to know that that, that that's
1: true. Yeah, but I mean, I, I, I try and put myself in the other person's place when I hear things like that and say, and think to myself, you know, why would that bother somebody? But, uh, like I said, maybe I'm just too relaxed and too easygoing. I just don't, I don't obsess about stuff like that. No, it's just, it, some, it's, some people
2: have a little bit more of a hair trigger, and, and that's,
1: that's perfectly understandable.
2: I mean, I, I, life is too short. I've seen enough... In the 34 years I've been on this planet, where I'm not going to take every little thing seriously. There, there's enough things for me to worry about. There's enough things for me to take seriously, and you know, I'm I'm talking about comic books. Right. For God's sakes, i mean yeah. you know, we're we're having a good time. We're a couple of guys just you know talking and 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 shooting the shit about things we love, and um you know, the same way I would say, you know. And if if you and I are sitting across the table at a bar and we're talking about things, you know, and if I let something slide and and granted, this was a conversation that a lot more people heard than anybody that might have been hanging around our table at a bar. But um, I, I'm not going to speak for Stan. I'm not going to say on behalf of Stan, I'm offended. I'm just, you know, if, if, uh, you know, if, if, if it's true or not, you know, so be it. If it, 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 it caught Bob off guard, he wasn't happy with it. I can understand that. I, I can respect that. Um, but uh, you know, if, if I don't, you know, we'll see if uh, I'm not. Uh, I, I'm. I'm. A little, I'm. I'm worried that I'll second-guess myself or, or rein things in if if whether they're deserved to be or not. So it might just we, we might just take it on a uh, case-by-case basis.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm not doing any raining in. <laughs> no, I know that I know that, yeah, and uh you know i i, I can kind of sympathize with bob he he uh was um a, a bit offended, so you know that 's his his uh his right to be offended then right. you know there you go well let 's move on, Mr. Art Lyon sent us a message, and it begins. I'm listening to episode 5 right now, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate that you guys single out colorists, as well as pencilers and inkers. I'm a colorist, and he's worked on the 49ers and the New Authority. And at the risk of sounding like a whiner, colorists don't get the respect they deserve, which is odd in a medium that depends so heavily on what they contribute. As for the FF, I agree with your notion that the FF is Marvel's flagship title. Luckily, Fantastic Four and The Avengers are my two favorite Marvel titles, and they've both been really worth following for a couple few years now. I'm guessing from Vince's comments that he and I are about the same age. Oh, you knew Methuselah, too? (laughs) Cool. Uh, The first Marvel comic I remember reading was an early 70s Fantastic Four. The one issue that totally sold me on the medium was Captain America 178 where he angsts about his role as Cap and bumps into a few of the Avengers along the way. The next comic book I bought was Avengers 141, George Perez's first Avengers work, Ooh, and the beginning of the Big Squadron Sinister story. I was sold. I on a different note, the hot mic stuff is pretty hard to listen to, and I can't keep track of what's going on, really. Other than that, keep up the great work. I'm a recent explorer of geek podcasts, and Bullpen Bulletins is on the top of my list. Well, that's... Thank you. Um, as far as the Hot mic stuff goes, you can blame the Iran Comics guys for that.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. It's, yeah. All, it's, all, it's
1: all their fault. That,
2: that damn Hyatt and Rosemont.
1: Yeah. Well, the reason that was so hard to listen to was, number one, we were in a busy hotel with people streaming by. It didn't help matters that we were sitting near an elevator on the right, on the left. And people's rooms on the right, and there was just
2: the same floor as the restaurant and the bar. Right, and, so
1: there was people I mean, moving. This, it was a
2: high traffic area. Yeah,
1: and then when you got Tom Cater's, you know, on on stage, it's going to be tough to listen to. Yeah, <laughs>
2: yeah. Oh yeah, and and you're you're right. You're right. It's always tough to listen to Tom Cater's.
1: And and it was especially re- when he's sober. It was recorded with Dan C, aka Paper Cuts. Um, little olympus digital recorder in the middle of the table with all the beer bottles around it so it was not optimal recording atmosphere but yeah it was fun i thought oh, yeah. and uh it was a little bit tinny and a little bit too much high-end and chaotic but yeah it, that was a historical document and you can be damn sure that you'll hear more of that from the new york comic-con in february we are gonna go ballistic and just record everything. I'm gonna go in the men's room and record record people like taking a, a leak. I don't care. I'm just gonna be crazy with the recorder. You're
2: follow Joe Q into the men's room, aren't you?
1: I don't want to hear those kind of buffalo farts. I don't need that. <laughs> Although,
2: and and another thing you will continue to hear is um, giving pencilers, inkers, and colorists the credit that oh, they deserve and uh, the respect they
1: deserve. Of course. I, I how many times have I mentioned Richard Isinov mm. and Maury Hollowell and we mm. you mentioned Laura Martin a bunch of times, yeah, I think Paul Mounts and and I made sure that uh we're, we we gave credit to
2: uh to, to Christy Scheel who who did the work who colored the uh the Bushima and Palmer issues of, of Avengers. So no you're right. And and how how true is it? where he says that it's, it's odd in a medium that depends so heavily on what they contribute that the colorists don't get the respect they deserve. That's right. And, and, and if you are interested in seeing more of, uh, of Art's work, he does have a website, artlion.com. So what's next, buddy? Oh, this, is, uh, this seems to be a major request, dude. Um, we, uh, I almost weekly... We get an email along these lines. Uh, this is from uh, Matthew Farley. He says, Hey, guys, I love that opening music for your podcast. Is there a longer version of that? Was it homemade? I tried to find some info in your forums about it, but no luck. Oh, and if there is a longer version, can you point me in the direction to get it? Thanks. Oh, well, Matthew, uh, we can. Uh, we, we, we got the author, the creator, the the maestro... <laughs> with us tonight, um, and I, I, I've told you repeatedly that you know that would, if I had this plane while I'm getting my, my my crap together so I can get out the house in the morning, man, I'd I'd be be bopping and flying out the house. Yeah.
1: Um, that opening music was made in Garage Band of all things, and uh, the voices that of Stan and Jack were from the Mary Marvel Marching Society. Forty-five that they released, I think, back in '66 or '67, around there. And uh, yes, there will be a longer version. I haven't had time to actually sit down and 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 work on it, but I will make time, and I will guarantee that for the Christmas episode, uh, there'll be a little Easter egg at the end with an extended version. How's uh, fifteen minutes sound? Oh damn! Yeah. Because you DJ figure the the Marching Society record is about seven minutes long, so just with all the samples from um, you know Stan and Flo and Artie Simic and there's a lot of people on that that record. Uh, just by the time I sample everything, yeah, you get about fifteen twenty minutes out of it, and I'll Looks put like I'll, I'll put some breaks in there and some fills, and it'd be cool. But for the Christmas episode, I think yeah, it's time. I'll I'll do a a, a, a remix of that. I won't change the the uh, the beat or the the underlying tracks, but I will extend them and do some other stuff with it. So so yeah, like I, I'm I'm glad somebody liked it. That's cool. And 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 remember when I first did that? We, I originally did about three or four intro songs, and um, some of them were. From Podsafe Music that I, you know, tweaked a little bit, but there were, this was the only one that I created myself from scratch, and I sent all of them to Chris neesman and he said, "Dude, this is the one," and he picked the opening music for our show. He uh, he didn't he thought the other ones were garbage, and he said, "This one." is the one I, I can tell I, I can hear it in it in the, in the song. And I said, okay, Chris, I, I, you know, I respect your opinion. I mean, geez, the guy's been this successful so far. He must, he must know of a, a thing or two. So that's the one I picked. And I guess, you know, Hey, Chris was right. And that's, that's usually the case. Chris is usually right about most things. So
2: the only thing that's uh, missing from our theme song is a, is an air raid sign or an air horn. But, uh, maybe, maybe we should see if Sal can, uh, blown it out and um, <laughs> try to attach it to one episode, see if it actually works. Yeah.
1: So, but well, thank you.
2: I appreciate the uh, comments. And we'll, and I, I believe a couple of people on MySpace will be happy because we've gotten a few MySpace messages that, uh, for, for, um, people that have asked about it. And, and speaking of, I know we, we, have never really announced this, but that's because the site really isn't much to brag about. Um, Bullpen Bulletins does have a MySpace page. It's myspace.com slash Bullpen So, um, if you want to uh if you want to be a friend of Vince go ahead and um point uh point your page over to ours and uh click on add to friends and we'll uh we'll approve you and um
1: yeah that sounds kind of cool i i haven't been um it, in fact I, the only time i've ever been on myspace was to check the page that you said hey we have a myspace page so i you know i i don't understand what the whole add-me thing is, or you know, what the whole mystique about the MySpace is, but yeah, maybe I should check it out a little bit more, huh? It's it's to show you how virtually popular you are. Really? Well, I guess it'll be quite underwhelming then. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, the next uh, message is from Larry, and he says... I have to say I picked up Guardians of the Galaxy in a grocery store when I was a kid. I have never heard of the characters before. I skimmed it, and I knew I had to pick it up. Vince, you are right. Everything you needed to know about the Guardians is summed up in one issue. Uh, can I read that line again? Absolutely. Vince, you are right. That's the only part I want that's, that, to... That's
2: Okay, so just... <laughs> my, the, the four, what are the four words that Vince loves to hear?
1: Roll over, asshole. No.
2: What's <laughs> <laughs> about again? Uh,
1: the first six issues cover the quest for... Uh, that would make asshole two words, and it's not. It's one word. Right. The, the first six issues cover the quest for Captain America's shield. Valentino only did the first 25 before he had a disagreement with the new editor. I have to wonder if that editor hadn't bothered him where he would have taken the book issues 45 to 50 kind of wrap up valentino's concepts for the book after that the series kind of fizzled out some corrections david was right vance astro and justice are the same person
2: okay okay yeah i'll go i'll go
1: back david was right i said david 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 was right (laughs) vance Vance talked to his younger self in the past, triggering his mutant powers earlier than in his history. Starhawk and Alita are husband and wife, not brother and sister. I am sorry to hear David did not like the X-Force issue. I can understand his complaint. At the time, I thought it was a great run on the book. The team really grew up over that time. Well, uh, thank you, Larry. Um thank you. I have heard a bunch of different... Uh, information on Starhawk and Alita. Yeah. I, I I have read that, what exactly what you said, that they are husband and wife. And I have also read that she was his half-sister. Which makes the whole husband and wife thing a little bit on the kinky side. But, when you consider the writer, yeah, it, it makes a little bit of sense. But, yeah, so, I mean... I'll 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 take husband and wife. That's good enough explanation for me. Um I do have Marvel Presents three and four waiting for me at the local comic shop. The uh the owner occasionally pulls back issues from his stock that aren't really moving and puts them in a fifty percent off area. So I got uh Marvel Spotlight nineteen twenty, twenty two, twenty three, and twenty four, which are all Son of Satan issues. And Marvel presents three and four, which are Guardians, for fifty percent off. I think the uh, seven issues cost me less than like twelve bucks. Wow. Yeah, so I, that's less than a trade paperback, and these are these are vintage, you know, bronze Marvels, so be, you know, and they're in really really sharp condition. You can't beat that.
2: No, no, no. And we have, um, actually John Zimmerman, since we were on the uh, the topic of episode four, which was our bargain episode um he also has a comment regarding the guardians of the galaxy uh, john says that um i just wanted to drop you a line with a bit of a correction vance astrovic from the guardians of the galaxy was very self-loathing in the early years of the guardians having become the laughing stock of the human race due to his space travel snafu so he traveled back into the past to stop himself from becoming an astronaut In confronting himself, he caused a psychic backlash of powers and triggered his own mutation years earlier than it was supposed to happen. This caused Vance Astro to become a superhero named Marvel Boy, who would then go on to join the New Warriors and eventually become Justice of the Avengers. I love the podcast and knew that you would want to know the amazing level of continuity work that went into the creation of these dual characters.
1: Yeah, you're not kidding. Thank you, John. Yep. And that's one character that was totally lost on me, Marvel Boy. I'm so happy that I got something else right
2: because I was like, I remember seeing that thing cover and he was wrestling and, and 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 I'm I'm telling you right. I mean, I remember that night. I was telling you, I was like, no, look at because you were talking about the um, the costume, the X fifty one. And I said, I, I said, now go back to that Guardians of the Galaxy and tell me Vance Astro's costume wasn't the same as as Justice's from right. from X fifty one.
1: You're right. I, I don't think we'll ever have that level of conceptual continuity again i, I that was just blind i just picked those issues out of the 50 or out of the quarter box and they just all fit together so well that's never going to happen again never not You're probably right not possible you don't think so no 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 so uh what do you think we got anything else worth mentioning uh, aside
2: from uh, the wonderful, uh, the wonderful website with that great forum and uh, and and the chill that I am, uh, the bullpen Bolton's bizarre UK boutique and Canada Galleria.
1: Right, there is the Geekdom Geektorum.
2: Yes, there is. Yeah. Yes, the the contest. Thank you very much.
1: And why don't you tell them what's involved with that?
2: The Around comics guys, Sal decided to. Um, have a little contest he, he wanted uh, he wants everybody he wants to see he's nosy like that he wants to see where um where everybody has the time of their life as far as comics go um he saw the uh, he saw the photos posted by our own uh Pat Loika and uh and and um Dan C. Papercut, who I think we have we, we, we have joint custody with around comics for Dan, right?
1: Yes, we do. Unfortunately, we have the diaper changing uh, duties. <laughs> so, um, not, he, uh, not a very large man.
2: No, no, but you couldn't tell that. But anyway, the uh, the uh, so, so Sal says to uh, if you go to their thread, show off your Geek geekorum on the around comics website, aroundcomics.com. dot com. Go to the forum, show off your geekdom Geektorum thread. Um have a picture taken of yourself in your uh, in, in your home away from home, in your in, in your lair, in your uh in in that place where you feel safest and, and all warm and cozy and fuzzy inside and, and uh take a picture, have it uh have it posted on the thread and uh and and there there is a contest. Sal has not said when it's over. Uh, he has—he uh, you know, hasn't said anything as far as prizes, I believe. But um, if anything, you know, if something like that, I wouldn't even—I wouldn't even worry so much about a about a prize. I would just—I just, I, I just want to see everybody set up, man. I mean, if if anybody's as is as good looking as as uh, as Dan's, the way he has his books all all lined up like that, like a good little a uh, good little Borders employee, and um, and hell, I mean, if anybody's got busts and statues like, like Pat Scott, man, that I, I, I want to see him. I mean yeah. I just these these things like this, I mean it's it's nice. It's nice to know that uh you know, I mean, with me lately, I might as well just send him a picture of my bathroom because that's where I've been doing a lot of my reading lately.
1: Okay. Um <laughs> And uh this is not limited to Greenwich Village lofts. Your place can be anywhere, so you know, it is it is your geek torum, but Actually, no. I have to. Uh,
2: I have to finish cleaning up the um, my my little corner here in the bedroom, and because uh, I have, I, I want to put the few figures I have on display, and, and and right now they're they're all posed, but they're all about to attack a bunch of uh, bagged and boarded comics that I have haphazardly uh, stacked on one of the shelves that's just waiting to fall down on me. So. I definitely want to do some cleaning before I take any pictures of, of my little area.
1: Yeah, same here. Uh, I, got, I want to do some moving before I take pictures. We've outgrown our house. We have a three-bedroom um, home, and I have one of those bedrooms just for my comic books. So I have... It, the the boxes are like furniture. There's just, I mean, 30,000 books. That doesn't leave... whole hell have a lot of room in, in that room for anything else so, yes it would not look very uh professional to take a a photo of this uh mess so you, maybe when i move and get some uh some more space i'll, I'll take photos of my stuff so we'll see
2: I, I have to i have to move some stuff around anyway because uh we're gonna post on the board what um some some choices that we're thinking about for uh for the next Marvel Spotlight, and Vince and I have a couple of uh, couple of storylines that we're going to definitely get to, but we're um, we're trying to decide what the next story is that we want to uh, we want to go in depth in, and uh, we have it narrowed down to about a half a dozen or so. And uh, what we might do is enlist the aid of listener and uh, forum member participation, and uh, we'll we'll put the list. Up on the thread, up on the board and uh, and everybody can have a chance and uh, tell us what they want us to go into detail on and uh, and and what the hell give us your reasons why but uh because of because of that i have uh, I have some long boxes to get to in the crawl space and uh I'm uh, not really looking forward to that, but I know I have to get these comics out of the crawl space it's somewhere where I can get to them more easily. I, I need easier access to them now that uh, now that every so often I need to do some digging on some research and 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 try to find a few things. And being behind me, in in another uh, behind this wall, isn't isn't helping me none.
1: All right. I w- I will say that I received one of the selections on our list. This um. Wednesday from my usual place. It was the Daredevil, Devil Inside and Out collection, reprinting Daredevil 82 to 87. This is a nice-looking book. I don't want to influence anybody's decision, but this is a sweet-looking collection. Michael Lark is just yikes. Yeah, He is so good. And uh, it looks like there's some supplementary material in this trade, too, which is very much appreciated because I... Drop the book with the end of the Kevin Smith run, so I have I have absolutely no idea what Bendis did. Right. Same and way. and I'm going to go back and correct that mistake as soon as I can get my hands on some of those hardcovers. Yeah. So, but uh, that is one of our choices, isn't it? Devil and Cell Block D.
2: There's this. Uh, what is it? It's like six issues, eighty-two to eighty-seven. You said. Yeah. Um, well, if you want to read it this weekend and um if you think it's worth i mean it's definitely worth it but if you think uh we 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 can devote a marvel spotlight to it and and definitely talk it up for a couple hours i'm 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 all for it i have those issues uh nearby i mean i'm at a loss when it comes to the supplemental
1: stuff but um it's just an interview with michael lark looks way like that to me okay so so it wasn't one of our choices it it uh it was one we were talking about. Oh, okay, I, so that's where I got it from.
2: We were talking about a couple of uh couple of books as far as mutants go and, and, and my only my only issue with that is uh you know our first one was Astonishing X Men and I, I Marvel is more than mutants. So uh that was that for alliteration. I and like that. There you go. And uh so I'm just a little leery about going right back going into another uh, mutant title whether it's Wolverine, Enemy of the State or um, or X-Factor. And I'm thinking with X-Factor maybe we should wait until issue 12 is out and we can do the whole right. singularity and trip um, storyline and not just you know, go halfway through with up to issue five or six. So, X Factor will be done once once their first year is done. We'll we'll, we'll get to X Factor definitely because Peter David deserves the spotlight treatment. Right. Um, I agree. But but Wolverine, Enemy of the State, is is probably going to be on that list. Um, and I have to dig those issues out. But we some of the choices were so far uh, Marvel Team Up Volume One, New Avengers Volume One, subtitle Breakout. Incredible Hulk: Return of the Monster, with possibly Boiling Point thrown in. Uh, Daredevil, and possibly one of the Marvel Night minis, twelve issue minis from uh, of the Punisher by uh, Garth Ennis and, uh, and Steve Dill. And then there were a couple others, which once we once we can find out, figure out which which issues to to focus on, we'll we'll add them to the list. So um, let's see if uh if you're listening to this over the weekend that uh, that that thread should probably be up by by tuesday even if even if you'd like something else other than what we have listed here throw throw its hat in the ring let us um you know because if if that we want to make sure you're gonna listen so i mean if 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 there's something that uh, that you guys want to hear about then uh let us know
1: sounds good to me well good I'm with you, brother you with me yeah you feel me well i i think that's it for this episode we've we've set our peace and we
2: had a fun fun time doing that we had a blast i want to thank
1: pat and miguel again yeah there was some really good discussion in there yes very enjoyable two gentlemen i do not mind spending a couple hours with fully clothed well hey okay i'm, I'm easy man
2: uh, yeah this is true this i know
1: And uh, so tune in next week when we will take a look at a crop of current first issues. Yes. And we're not going to tell you what they are until next week, so you're going to have to wait. That's right. So we'll see you then. Take care, guys. Bye-bye.